0: recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is on break, but this is another one of our Out Now bonus commentary episodes, and the final of our Bond commentaries... (laughs) Unless, unless we decide to return to Bond commentaries in a future way. But as anyone that has listened to these already or might be familiar, we, I myself, and my two guests, who I'll introduce in a second, have been doing commentaries for various Bond movies. We've done one Sean Connery one with One Rush With Love. We've done one Roger Moore one with Moonraker, the underrated Moonraker. We've done one for Goldeneye with Pierce Brosnan. And now we're jumping into Daniel Craig territory with Quantum of Solace. And joining me, as always, for this special Bond commentary episode, we have the writer for Mendelssohn's Memos and Huffington Post, a man who is living in strawberry fields forever, Scott Mendelssohn.
2: Sorry, Timothy, we just didn't have time for you. We love you, we really do, but sacrifices must be made.
0: (laughs) And guest writer for Mendelssohn's Memos, who has now finished his recapping of all the Bond films with detailed retrospectives, the badly edited Brandon Peters.
1: Oh, but it's so badly edited, it's so good. Okay, so
2: <laughs> some pieces are better edited than others. Depends on how much time I had in a given day.
1: So
0: this is, we're just gonna we're gonna get right into this here. We're talking about Quantum of Solace, the second in line of Daniel Craig Bond movies. Of course, the first being Casino Royale, and the upcoming Skyfall being next, which is the which is going to be reviewed by myself, Abe, and Brandon and Scott, which is what we've been all been working towards anyway. Um, that's the plan. So we are going to do that. And we, as always have it kind of all synced together. Each of us have it read, right, have the movie quantum solos playing like right when the, uh, the lion is roaring. That's about five seconds in for myself and Brandon on the Blu-ray. Scott, do you have the DVD or the Blu-ray? Or just... Yeah, DVD. Okay. Yeah. So we're all like on um, the lions, like mid roar right now. So I'm going to count down from three, two, one, go. And then we're just going to get into it. So on the sound of go, we all press play. So, okay. Are we ready? Three, two, one, go. All right. So, all right. I okay. I start us off, please. I already know that I am not a big fan of this movie. I don't hate this movie. I don't think it's the worst Bond movie. But coming off of Casino Royale, which I also watched again last night, and then coming and you know, go to whatever what four years ago. Huh? Three years ago, this movie was what I what I called my my biggest disappointment of 2009. I was. Well, that's good because it came out in 2008. It well, was 2008. <laughs> oh, okay. I want so 2008 it was my biggest disappointment of that year. That was. It left me unsatisfied. What What you... I know? You two are a much bigger fans of the movie. What do you guys have to say about Quantum Solus? Early thoughts on
1: it. I. I left the theater. I was, I was fine with it. I enjoyed it. Um, thought it was rather quick and had all, just threw a lot of stuff at, it, uh, at the audience. I mean, pretty heavy handed, really fast. Um, but I enjoyed it. And most, my whole group, uh, who were, you know, pretty, you know, notable cinema fans, uh, enjoyed it as well. The people I talked to outside of it, the next week seemed to enjoy it. And then like a year later, I, discovered it was hated Scott uh,
2: I, you know, the, the, the critical feedback right away was somewhat negative um, I like it, I think it is, taken apart from its lineage it as a Bond film I think it is a well acted, well written thoughtful, character driven action thriller with some rather hearty political content um, it's it's you could carp that there are pieces of Bond that are missing. It's a very short film. You could argue that it's Bond without the, you know, I don't want to say the fat, because that's a, you know a negative statement. But it's 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 just it's it's a very lean, mean James Bond film. And my argument for it has always been: there's been tw- you know twenty two, twenty three of these up to this point. It's okay that one of them is like Quantum of Solace. Would I want every Bond film to be like this? No but one of them is... No, I open. agree there. Um, this, this car... You know, my only problem with the film, frankly, one of my only problems, has been the quick-cutted nature of the action sequences, which are, if you're watching this, you're seeing an incredibly fast-cut fast car chase. And yes, there is a certain, you know, let's try to make it more like a, as Brandon said, a, a Jason Bourne film or a Jason Statham thriller. And, you know, as you know, if you've been reading his essays, a lot of the Bond films are sort of... Let's emulate something else in the Bond mold. So I don't mind that this is somewhat emulating a Jason Bourne film, both in terms of its action and in terms of its you know, political subtext. It's sort of its its you know gray morality and it's it's very you know downbeat nature. Because well, this is just J- you know, James Bond playing in the Bourne sandbox. Let's see what he plays in next time.
0: Now, okay, so I I. I understand a lot of those points being made and like one my my biggest issue is similarly yes the ed- the editing of this movie it's specifically designed to kind of model the kind of action movies that are coming out at this time which are Bourne movies and James Bond movies where they are t- tightly edited that doesn't I mean regardless of the fact that it's emulating much what's what's going on right now in terms of kind of spy thrillers it it um much like other Bond movies, model what they're what's going on. It doesn't it doesn't make it a good movie to me. Is it like it doesn't? I it doesn't get a pass for me just because it's it feels like another movie that came out at this time. I still think the editing the, the editing makes the <laughs> film suffer. Also, you, uh, Scott, you mentioned that there are pieces of Bond missing in this movie because it is a lean mean Bond movie, and that does bug me. Like I, it's yeah sure it's a uh, it's it's shaking things up with the franchise and what have you, but. I came into a Bond movie. I wanted to see a Bond movie, and I just don't <laughs> feel like I got that movie.
2: Is that me? Hello? Yeah. Hello? You, yeah. Oh, I'm hearing like stepping or something. Anyway, um, no, I, I think it's a good film. Obviously, I if I didn't think it was a good film, I would say, "Oh, it's a bad film." It's okay because it's trying to be born. I would I would say, and I know you disagree with me on at least part of this. I think Quantum of Solace is a better film than at least two of the Bourne films. You know, the Bourne. I'm not a fan of the I man Bourne Ultimatum. I'm certainly not a fan of the Bourne Legacy. Um,
0: it's better than Bourne Legacy. I'll give you that. Yes,
2: <laughs> most things are. Um, and my only problem is the shaky action editing. I think the action scenes themselves are actually terrific. There's plenty of very natural, you know, real stunt work, terrific location shooting, and frankly, watching it on a small, as I am on a computer monitor, it's actually easier to, to. That's the that's the ironic thing about the super quick cut, you know, Paul Greengrass, Chris Nolan style editing is it's actually easier to follow on a you know a TV than it is in a movie theater. Agreed. Uh, which is frustrating because obviously it shouldn't be the case. Um, but I think aside from the action scenes, which are good. If poorly edited, I think the rest of the movie is is good, if not very good.
0: I, th- oh. I think the one good action scene in this movie, which we'll get to, is the the opera house sequence.
1: I love that. Yes, uh, I think so that's the, I think the highlight of the movie. I think that's the
0: highlight of the movie, but we'll get there when we get there.
1: I don't mind the car chase at the beginning. I think it, it works for the most part. I mean, it is a little bit fast and stuff, but kind of ramps up the intensity a bit. Even, see, even watching that now, I'm still like... I
0: want to like it. Like, I didn't like... I I, I came into this movie wanting to love it. I came into this movie, you know, after Casino Royale, thinking, okay, let's just, yeah, let's hit the ground running. And the guard trace, like, when I first saw it in theaters, it left a bad taste of mouth, and it's like... Because I was literally thinking, and my friend next to me also, he, who's much more opinionated than I am, he... In terms of what he likes versus what he doesn't like, we both kind of were like, is this what the whole movie's gonna look like? Cause I hope not. It's just, it's really fast to me. It just seems like noticeably fast. And I don't have problems with these movies like the Bourne film. I mean, the Bourne films, they're handled much better. I think Greengrass has a good handle on how to make that work effectively. But even just like the, the Luke Bassan school of like heavily edited movies, like it, it falls into that Colombiana range where it's just all these cuts are happening and it just doesn't feel great.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess maybe I was just surprised. I didn't expect something that uh, with that level of intensity right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So maybe it took me by a nice surprise after the the previous film was rather, you know, slow. It had like a, a fist fight and Bond sitting stalking a guy at his desk. I mean,
3: <laughs>
1: I, you come to this and it's bam. And then they, they reveal right after that that, you know, hey, we just picked up a couple minutes later.
0: I do like the idea of this, of like how this movie set up story wise. It is basically like the last, the last two acts of Casino Royale. That's what this movie is yeah. like. It's it's less of a a new Bond adventure and more of a here's a very expanded epilogue to go to kind of cap up this Bond adventure that we told most of. But Casino Royale is already lo-
1: running two and a half hours, so it's like might as well pick it up later on. Like, and that's why I think it's cool. There's you know, once again, no true gun barrel sequence at the beginning of this because it's. Really, picking up and finishing off another story. Yeah, and
0: I like that idea. But even like we're gonna get to another action sequence here, and it it, it feels like it just jumps. It keeps jumping right into things. And I get yeah, it's it's trimming the fat. As I mean, it's yeah. It's, I'll put that in quotation marks. But um. It's, you know, it's trimming off like, you know, Bond gets somewhere, he gets exposition, he deals with people. You're getting straight to what's, you know, supposed to matter in this high-octane Bond adventure action movie. But it just, it feels like a lot. It feels like I'm getting a lot of action, and a lot of action I'm not too fond of to in a Bond movie where I want to see more of Daniel Craig be suave and be Bond and not be this guy who's becoming Bond. And, like, I'll let you guys talk, though, but I'll...
1: Well, get... I mean, yeah, I, I agree that the action is on. I mean, every the plot and the action is on overload, and it and it can be kind of hard for people to comprehend. I've really, to be honest, I've for me, I've not had a hard time taking it all in. I understand people. Some people have complained that they can't follow what's going on in the action sequences, and they, there's some people that have not understood the plot at all, and because they're both being just you know thrust on you at a fast pace and you know, constantly throughout the film. But I personally, maybe I don't see eye to eye with that because I've had no problem mm-hmm. keeping along with this movie. I'm not saying I'm some sort of superhuman being. Yeah, it's just, I... it's just, I, I found myself able to pick up on it. And there was a lot of stuff I wasn't, you know, maybe did I pick this up right? Did I figure this out? And I, going through viewing it again and reading, I yeah, I did pick it up. But I, there, I did leave going, did I get everything out of that? I, I will admit that, but...
0: Here, uh, so here's my, when I watched this movie the first time, again, I was, I wasn't too into it. I was, I was falling along with what happened and I felt like I got a good handle on the story. When I got the, when I had the option to see it a second time with my father, who won, he's a big Bond fan himself, when I got into the theater... I was watching it, I just I just didn't care, honestly, I was watching it. I just felt like it was just too relentless for me to want to keep up with it and I was literally just unengaged with the movie the second time seeing it 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 just it wasn't like a movie. I felt like I wanted to continue trying to pick up little details I might have missed the second time instead, I just decided to check out like that was
1: hmm. my reaction well i didn't oh. I mean I saw it the first time in the theater, and i I didn't see it again for another year I mean. Mm. But at that time, it was a different time in my life. I was uh, moving across the country, so I didn't have time to go. I'll, it
0: up. I'll say I'll say this is here. Okay, here we go with more action. I'll say this as well though. When I watch when a new Bond movie comes out, much like I've done this past few weeks, especially with these commentaries, I watch all my Bond movies because I love Bond movies. I I like watching the Bond movies, and so like I would like to think that because because I've. Or because that I've because I've watched all these bond movies that I'd be happy with the idea of this movie which is much different than the average bond movie but still I didn't, didn't like it didn't win me over in that sense of like oh I'm getting something different here that didn't make me respond well I don't know if it's just because I'm a slave to formula but I like the bond formula a lot yeah, yeah.
1: The, this film is reminding me a lot of the film's basis and you know reception wise to license to kill mm-hmm Going yes. It. I mean, it's it's oh. it's a out-and-out out revenge story, but this this time, unlike License to Kill, the the revenge is kind of on the back burner to the to the main plot a bit, and, rather than being the sole focus. But um, also, people you know not liking it and it's different and not what I wanted. It's the same complaints of License to Kill, which people are going back now and going, huh, uh, that wasn't that bad.
2: Well, I think you know part of that is you know with with License to Kill again it's like what what Aaron said you know it, it isn't what you you know it isn't what you wanted in a Bond film and I think there was a certain extent at least four years ago uh oh are they all going to be like this from this point on um with you know after License to Kill we get Gold you know the the Brosnan films which are not License to Kill shall we say um so it's it's easier to appreciate you know. A somewhat irregular entry like License to Kill when you know, okay, this is sort of a one-off. There are many more after this that were not
0: like this. Um, and I far think as, people
1: may look back on this one like that as well. Um, this is super tight, all this action. And, <laughs> you know, without,
2: you know... Uh, anyway, um, what, I, what I like about this scene, first of all, is the stunt work's just incredible. You know, I wish I could appreciate it a bit more Agreed. if it wasn't cut so tightly. Yeah. But you know, these are real stunt people doing just phenomenal stunt work here. No. Um, and we're, it's, we're about to see what's going to be somewhat of a, for lack of a better word, a running gag, which is that you know M constantly berates Bond for killing people, even though A he's got a license to kill. That's kind of what he does but, and B most of the time there's somewhat self-defense
0: and that's another issue yeah. I have with this movie yes. too I think M is way too harsh on Bond and Bond just sits there and takes it on the chin he's like oh yes. you know what well, I just did happened. especially later on in the scene too where after it's like the last the end of that opera house chase uh, yeah. action sequence where he there's literally nothing he could have done about a certain character that dies and then he yeah. just kind of lets it ride when M just completely disowns him for what he's not done
2: well and then then, then you know I mean I assume everybody here has seen the movie. You know, the guy that falls off the roof of the opera house and then the other bad guy shoots him, you know, when M tells him that he's been shot, at no point does he say, huh, that's strange. I exactly. Do- yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also he maybe thinks, ah, I'm not getting out of this one and I need to continue with this. So yeah. sitting and arguing here is pointless. Um, and Mark Forrester says, let's move along, please. Yes.
0: Now, it's- with the action, again, I, 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 just, I mean, I just watched Casino Royale yesterday, but I mean, even when I first saw this movie, I probably watched it right before I saw it too. It, Martin Campbell directs the hell out of that movie. Like that movie yes. looks great. Oh, yeah, it All the action clearly registers. It's wonderful. It's just like, like Golden Eyes really good, but like uh, Mask of Zoro is a movie I hold up to high standards too, in terms of his action. Cause you just see these great like long shots that are shot from a distance of like, so the sword action in that movie is just constant. Yeah. Like it's, you see all yeah. the moves going, it's not cut, cut, cut. So Casino Royale has that same kind of attitude where you just see so many great like wide shots of the action that's taking place right now. So you get to this movie, and I mean, it's such a it's such a different pace. It's such a different kind of frame of mind to, to watch a Bond movie like this, where you just came from this wonderful action movie with set piece after set piece that looks great to get to this more tightly shot, well, differently edited movie that. Sure, has like has you know. There's certainly a lot of work went into it, and sure, there's a lot of great stunts actually happening. But I, yeah, I just I couldn't appreciate it as much as I would have liked to. Yeah, well, no, I mean
2: uh, Martin Campbell is you know a classic action director in the sense that he's 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 always about wide shots, clear geography. You know, it's one of the reasons I'm such a huge Martin Campbell fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no secret that. The Mask of Zorro is probably my favorite superhero movie. Period. (laughs) And for what it's worth, it was you know I had seen the film in theaters twice, and it was seeing it projected on a DVD widescreen television that convinced me to get a DVD player.
0: Nice,
2: Um, because you know I had my you know you know pan and scan copy like everybody else did back in the day. Uh, I was like, not. I I need to get a DVD player at some point. Um, But no, I, I is this film as good as Casino Royale? Absolutely not. For reasons both aesthetically in terms of like the action and then the pacing and for some plot issues as, you know, it's a little silly that she keeps berating him for, you know, oh, no, you shot this guy clearly in self-defense. Um, I do like in the scene, you know, just preceding this. It's the, at least the second Bond film in several years where Emma standing in a room and some guy who she trusts pulls out a gun and shoots everybody in the room but her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he misses
1: her. He misses her. There's a ricochet off the yes. IV. Oh. G- Judy Dench has a force field built around her. That's, yes, she does.
0: Yeah. I think that's happened in the Chronicles <laughs> of Riddick also. <laughs>
1: we, <laughs> we can't we can't see it and neither can she. Exactly. It, uh, it comes also occurred the in
2: the, the best exotic Marigold Hotel.
1: Oh, see, I have to review that Blu-ray still.
0: I haven't watched it. Nye tries to shoot her. Right. That's yes. the, that's the end. Bob
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wilkinson is in on it. <laughs> then he uh, goes
0: crazy because he's bipolar and gets assassinated.
2: Yes, it's um, a great movie.
0: I love my, uh, Michael Clayton. And I, I can. It's surprising <laughs> no, how much that, I can watch that movie.
2: <laughs> um. So, okay.
0: So um, you you brought up License to Kill before, and I think License to Kill, right, is the closest movie Bond movie to this film. Is that fair to say? I'm trying to think yes. of other. I don't think any other yes. Bond like. Inter- okay. Um, I think
2: to a certain extent, you know, it's an interesting you know two film comparison here because you've got you know the Living Daylights and Casino Royale that were technically you know Bond films for the respective stars, but weren't. Arguably as uniquely suited to the specific actor. And then, you know, the second film, once they're comfortable in the role, you get what you could arguably consider, you know, License to Kill is a hardcore Timothy Dalton Bond film. And to a certain extent, Quantum of Solace is, you know, a hardcore Daniel Craig Bond film. And, you know, it's, 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 you know, situations like that where you could argue that it's, it's sometimes better to have a little bit of, I don't want to say genericness here. You know, it's like the obvious comparison of you know Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, being sort of a mix of franchise plus personal project, and then you get to Batman Returns, which is hardcore personal Tim project. Burton, yeah, which you know turned off a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and I I've, I I've argued that Batman Returns is always one of the most Tim Burton films that you can have, but uh,
2: it's, I think it's one of his best films. Period. Um, yeah, as much as I adore the original Batman, it's one of my favorite films. Um. It still holds up. I actually caught a big chunk of it while I was putting my kid to sleep the other night. Um, it's even better if you look at it as a 1940s period piece. But anyway, uh, we are now watching Daniel Craig break into an apartment. Okay, so,
0: so – sorry. With Laces to Kill. Sorry, was there a specific thing that you were going to – No, that was it. Okay, so with places to Kill, even that movie at least has humor. <laughs> this, I yes. mean, it's not devoid of like its own little self-awareness of what kind of movie it is. This movie just also seems
1: incredibly serious, which is another thing. Well, we're that about to get one up. of my favorite gags of the movie coming up. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not. It's after this fight, but the, the, another action scene. <laughs> yeah,
0: I never thought I'd complain about too many action scenes in a Bob movie, but it's nonstop in this movie. <laughs> the it's, it's one big chase. I never like the title cards, by the way, when you get to each city.
1: Eh, they don't bother me. Just throw that out there. That's when you're trying to hate not, on when movie. No, I'm not trying to, but it just, seems, it just seems, like it's, it seems like it's too much. It seems
0: like they're just, like, just They, they
1: don't, if, if the film, they're too pretty for a film edited like this. I'll give it that. Thank you. Okay. No, there, there's a lot of good, like, beautiful shots in this movie that they could linger on, they just don't. And then it, it does feel awkward when they do linger on a shot. Like trying to catch your breath or something, but you know that that is my you know one of my complaints with the film is the editing. I mean, it's about obvious, but sometimes it works and a lot of times it doesn't.
2: It is interesting, but you know, we're 20 minutes into the film, we've already had three action sequences. <laughs> um,
0: here, here's a Bond
1: gag. This isn't it, but uh, <laughs> no, no, it's it's. Spoiler alert! It's when he knocks the guy off the motorcycle. I, I find that hilarious. Oh, doesn't he say something too? He has like a line. Yeah. Why is
0: uh, Sean Connery sitting right in that chair? <laughs> <laughs> cameo, <laughs> cameo alert, guys.
1: <laughs> uh. I, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Olga Kurylenko. No.
2: Um, Either or. I mean, because
1: I mean, I'm indifferent, but I, I, I was rather surprised by her.
0: I've, I've yet to like her in anything between Max Payne and Hitman in <laughs> this
2: movie. Well, to be fair, Max Payne and Hitman, and in your opinion, this aren't very good movies.
0: Yeah, but it helps. But I mean, <laughs> it, yes. it feels like she was like suddenly escalated into like leading lady stat- Like She she has like Sam Worthington syndrome to me, where she's just like inexplicably in the lead of things, but like not charismatic at all.
2: I would say the th- same thing about the other woman in this film, actually.
0: Yes. Oh, Gil yes. yeah.
2: Who is a much you know, higher profile name at this point. You know, she's top lining, you know, Hansel and Gretel and the Revenge of the Stupid or whatever it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I agree. But at least she has a Bond girl name, Strawberry Fields, as opposed that's to true. Camille. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's,
0: that's her name in this movie.
2: Camille. Um, that's actually one of the things I really like about this film. And I know this is jumping ahead about an hour well, 45 minutes is when strawberry field is killed it it actually matters the characters react to her violent you know horrible murder you know there's a lot of bond films where the death of the secondary female is almost sort of you know tossed aside as irrelevant
1: and surprising um, because her her character is presented as pretty much silly too yes um
0: i, I mean, would say though in the in the better bond films the secondary bond girl that does or does not meet her maker is does give us a significant rea- even like Tomorrow Never Dies has a, There's the Bond guy. Oh,
1: sorry, I
2: just
0: Even Tomorrow Never Dies has as a solid performance by Terry Hatcher in a small role. Yes, it's, she, she's reflected. Oh, on. It, and it does yeah, matter.
2: And that's it one of the reasons matter. I like the film.
0: Um, I mean, again, I, don't, I I certainly don't hate this movie. I I think it, I think it just it had a lot to live up to and didn't meet that. Nearly as much as I I could have hoped for.
1: Following Casino Royale, are you really going to? Yeah. Oh, but, but, the,
0: but, it's, within, but it doesn't help that it's a, it doesn't help that it's a movie you can't like really watch on its own. He, like it's not like I'm going to pop in Quantum of Solace just because. I mean, I, I, if I I have to pop in Casino Royale, and if I feel like, hey, maybe I should get into this the end of the storyboard, then I'll pop in Quantum of Solace, maybe. But. Yeah, you, well, I I, you, I think spend it so much time you have.
2: <laughs> I think it stands. I, mean, I think it stands enough on its own. I mean, all you have to know is... Vesper you know, died. Vesper died. That's it, you know. And, you know, arguably, you say the same thing for Diamonds Are Forever, which is also a terrible Bond film, so, I mean, it's a bad example. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you, know, at that, you know, that, all you need to know is his wife died at the end of the last film. Okay,
1: cool. And you only need to know that for the first five minutes.
2: Pretty much.
0: I, I mean, I guess, I mean, like, if I'm going to watch an action movie and I want to watch a Bond movie, this isn't the movie I'm going to pick up. If I want to watch an action movie from this kind of year... Yeah, this era, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a Bourne movie. Like, it's not. Yeah, this is this is the movie I'm reaching for ever. <laughs> this guy, what's his name? What's this actor's name? I have no idea. Character is Dominic Green. Dominic Green, which is completely different from what his name is. Uh, Matt Mattel Almoric. He was in Diving Bell and the Butterfly, and it was, that was the reason I was excited to see this movie, too, because I'm like, well, he's amazing in that movie, so clearly he's a Bond villain. I can see that. And and then he, he shrieks with an axe at the end, and it's hilarious.
1: They went, they went for way too real with this guy. It's, it's just no fun. And he has crazy eyes. Yeah. To, oh, he's got eyes like the devil. Oh, okay. No kidding. Um, well, no, I think it was,
2: you know, and whether it works or not, like *License to Kill* is an attempt to dial back the villainy to something, you know, plausible and real-world, you know, relatable. And I think that's, you know, where Paul Haggis comes in is, you know, the obvious, you know, liberal guilt that pervades this film. <laughs> um, and one of the things I think is kind of amazing about this picture is that America is the bad guy. Uh, you know, there are any number of films where there are evil American agents that, ev- you know, eventually it turns out, no, no you know, the, you know, the America's working undercover and it's really okay. And I kept, you know, when you find out that Felix Leiter's partner is this, you know, corrupt, you know, what have you who's enabling this, this dictator and this, you know, basically a stealing of the country's water resources, you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop and it really never does. Uh, it just, this is a British film and the Americans are bad guys. And I thought, always thought that was kind of cool. Uh, Yes, there is a brief nod to the very end, where you know Felix's partner gets fired and he gets a promotion, but that's only after Bond steps in and saves the day.
0: I do like Jeffrey Wright; he's, he's solid.
2: Yes, He's oh, okay,
0: terrific. I, yeah, he's. Where's Jeffrey Wright been lately? I haven't seen him in a while. He he was like starring in everything for like a couple years there.
2: Well, he was in Source Code just last year. <laughs> okay, that's oh yeah, not not smoking a pipe. Source Code.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I to oh. tell you about the Source Code. <laughs> that's, <laughs> my, that's my two-second jump for writer motion. You can only go in for eight minutes at a time. <laughs> um. Okay, we got a tall, lanky guy here with his super Elvis. awkward glasses. Yeah, that's right, Elvis. That's right. Did I'm uh, oh, sorry. We we jump. This movie moves so quickly. Did Mister White get shot too? Is yes, he dead?
1: No, no, no. Nope. We'll see him again at the uh, the opera house. That's right. Goes, okay, okay, I could
0: have
2: Everybody meets up at the opera. Anyway, um, but it is kind of confusing because when you see him at the wherever he's being interrogated, you see him knocked over, and you think he's dead, and then magically he
1: shows up again at the opera. Well, no, they they acknowledge that he's fled after oh, Bond's death. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: He was, you know, he was shot in the leg and just put through like a horrific car chase sequence and then knocked over in a chair and tied up, but he was able to escape that scene because no one else was looking after him.
1: Oh, he has, hot, he has quantum on speed dial, so... Yeah, he has quantum on uh, speed dial. so down, save me!
2: <laughs> Sorry, you were saying...
1: So we have quant- quantum's
0: like the the new Spectre, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: not Spectre.
0: It's the new Spectre. <laughs> Spectre 2.0. Yes. Inspector Gadget. We got, um...
2: Uh, um,
0: I like the, I like the idea of bringing back some kind of overarching villain. I yeah. don't, I don't want, Scott. I don't want you to tell me if that plays a factor or not in Skyfall, but I, I do like the idea of that being something.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> um, but no, I I like the idea that you know it's not a matter that this evil organization that's trying to take over the world they basically already control the world. It's implied anyway. Yeah, yeah. you know they've already won. So you know in this film, at least, um, you know, well, they basically it's... have to fight, you know, they have to stop them and take them out of power. It's sort of, it's a She-Ra situation versus a He man situation where the earlier films, they, you know, Bond and the gang were He-Man trying to de- defeat, you know, Skeletor from taking over Castle Grayskull. Mm-hmm. While in this film, you know, with Quantum, you know, Hordax already taken over Hysteria, whatever it's, uh, Called where Shira lives, and they have to sort of fight back. This is a different yeah. dynamic.
1: Well, and a lot of people have complained that the, the the villain plot of this is kind of weak, but I'm I I don't think people are seeing it that it's it's just merely one little piece of massive, numerous plans that they have going on.
2: Well, I mean, and to be fair, you know, this guy takes the water from them and you know sells it at a premium. Thousands of people are going to die. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like the guy's going to say, "Ha you have to pay ten cents more for water." Gee, that stinks! You know, it's going to cause the dehydration death of thousands of people.
1: But th- I mean, that that plan is ultimately just one little sector of yes. their plan. It's not the end game for Quantum, and I, I think people saw it as that.
2: Yeah. No, it's just one. It was that you know one of their operatives and what he had planned on Tuesday.
0: Yes, we're going to get to another. Action sequence here again. So before that, I just want to say that we we skipped completely over like the whole Bond theme for this movie, and I feel we all should we should do just a service to this movie by to- addressing the theme of the film, which was uh, performed by Jack White and Alicia Keys. Uh, Brandon, are you a fan of that theme song? No, no, Scott, no, no? yeah, no. I'm, I, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of it. I like the concept
1: of it. It's like, hey, all right, do a duet and make it kinda of hard rocky, but yeah, it just I don't like I do, I don't like them like squawking at each other during the choruses. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I can be louder than you. <laughs> I think oh. it should have been just Jack White with, uh doing the instrumentals with Alicia Key singing. That would have been so much better.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um So, so anyway, getting getting back to the uh,
0: <laughs> the action at hand, when this scene came out I remember being happy just because the movie finally slowed down, and we were like, all right, now we got villain stuff going on, so at least I can get into the plot more. Not. And then, and then this scene like, happens, and it just felt like, it felt like, oh, here we go again. Bond's kicking it into the like, game. It's just relentless. It, it just, I haven't seen Bond act like James Bond so far in this movie. I think that's my issue. I haven't seen, like, a cool Daniel Craig. I've just seen really determined Daniel Craig, who's constantly, he just seems really angry the whole time.
3: Well,
0: he, I is. Mean, he is right. He is angry, but it's still. I want to see a Bond movie. Like I'm not having much fun. I'm just having like scowling Daniel Craig just going after whatever he's going after, and it's just. Uh, uh.
2: Now, of course, you know this is a classic, you know, idiot plot example. If he had just let her shoot the guy, the movie would be over. Yeah, really. Yes. <laughs> so darn. And again, you know, maybe it was sort of a commentary on how you know Bond wasn't always able to detect which damsels were actually in distress.
1: Well, he's not thinking straight. He's, you yeah. know, that's what M's trying to show him through the film. Um, which is a fair reason
0: to you could argue as to why she's berating him constantly, because she needs her agent to be under control.
1: Yes. And
0: just because um, you have
1: a license to kill doesn't mean you have to use it. Um, doesn't mean irritating. Is,
2: this, along with the, there's a plane crash coming up in about probably 45 minutes, give <laughs> or take, are one of the g- two genuinely Yes, I would argue useless action sequences. Yeah. You know, as short as this film is, I would have rather seen more plot and character instead of this boat chase and the plane crash that shows up comes out later. Um, other than that, I so even the fight in the apartment, it takes like 10 seconds, so it's not really that big of a deal. Um, you know, he stabs him in the neck in about, you know, 30 seconds after they start fighting. Yeah. Um, so far, we've had a car chase, a foot chase, and a boat chase. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly
0: variety. Yes. <laughs> I can't argue that. There's a lot of different kinds of action going on in this
1: movie, Aww. which is admirable. Well, there, there's something he does to one of the last boats that I'm kind of like, like. How do? You, what do you do? Yeah, that's a question I ask a, myself a lot. Yeah, there's. <laughs> I have no idea. What right he's there, doing. Yeah, like, like yeah, it,
0: like what just happened?
1: yeah <laughs> 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 And, no,
0: this, right here, yeah. He takes the, the anchor... Just, or, let's, let's detail it out. He puts the thing on, and well, then for I, some reason... Yes, I, I... For some reason, the boat completely flipped like that. Yeah. Eh, I'll go with that. The fast act is yeah. an active anchor, I guess.
1: I was just wondering if someone could explain it, but I, I'm okay No, I'm clueless
0: as to what happened just then. Um. Well,
2: that's okay. For a year, you know, every time I watch Living Daylights, I honestly... I don't know how the, his partner is killed um, until someone actually—I think I looked it up on like you know Google or Wikipedia—that oh, it was an incredibly graphic scene that they actually couldn't show. I understand now. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute—the glass breaks, he's dead. I'm confused.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, hey, who's that unconscious girl?
1: Oh you know, <laughs> she's, she's come on a Bond-like line. <laughs> Said with such vigor.
0: Let me, okay. Let me. I can get into Bond a little more. Um, Daniel Craig. I like him. I like Daniel Craig as James Bond. At the same time, even in Casino Royale, there's there's something that bugs me about just the way Bond is presented, and it's it's less that it has to do with Daniel Craig's ability and like how they've structured him. It's more of These are the movies about how James Bond became James Bond, which is obviously the intent. And coming off of, what, 20 other movies, I like having my Bond who's already established as this cool guy that knows how to get around and, you know, is completely suave and gets women and goes through his action without much care, especially in the Roger Moore days. And it does kind of bug me that, I mean, we don't have all those Bond pieces here yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, well, okay, I... First off, I do like this movie. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I at the end of Casino Royale, I felt that, you know, it was set. Bond was there. We're ready to go. I mean, there. I wasn't like, oh, he's still got this to do and this to do. I felt, you know, this, you know, my Bond is here.
2: He's, uh, you're right. I, I agree with there, you. There
1: really, I mean, wasn't a, any... It wasn't necessary to keep going on that. It was already stated, and this is, you know, excess. I don't mind it, but it really, I mean, truly is. It was taken care of in the last film.
2: It feels like a regression of character.
1: This is the idea. Like a half step back.
2: Yes. The idea that, you know, perhaps the death of Vesper sort of, you know, caused him to regress. But the problem is the very last scene of Casino Royale, you know in its iconic final moment where he shoots Mr. White in the leg and delivers the line, you know, you're supposed to think, okay, now Bond, now Bond is solidified.
0: I agree with that,
2: yeah. And this, then we come to this movie, you know, two years later, and oh, no, no, no he's still, quote-unquote, in training, for lack of a better word.
1: He's oh, yeah, still you know, finding
2: his bearings.
1: He, and he also had the the line straight from the book and stuff like, you know, it's done, the bitch is dead. It, it doesn't lead me to believe he's going to go on a revenge rampage. Yes, um, but he does. Well, he learns that she was under different circumstances in this film, right? Or at the yes, end. Yes, correct. Yes. So, um, retconning and <laughs> going forth, but um,
2: it to a certain extent, it's almost similar to the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded. Keep in mind, I like both Matrix sequels quite a bit, but. I'm not going to – you know, but at the end of The Matrix, you're basically, okay, he is the one. He can basically manipulate the world. He's going to hang up that phone and poof, he's going to destroy The Matrix and free everybody I, because he has that ultimate power. And then you go to The Matrix Reloaded. It's like, oh, no, now he's just sort of like a monk that can fly and fight pretty well.
0: What I, like, and I don't want to get too much into Matrix. But what, what yeah. I like about Matrix Reloaded is that he's less of a god and more of a – he's the heavy that Morpheus brings with him to handle action sequences. Yes. And – I always kind of, like, when I watch Matrix now and it gets to the end, I always think, well, what if that scene takes place, like, after the events of Real Revolutions, even? Like, that final epilogue tag. <laughs> like it's, That's cause interesting, Because it, it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't make much sense to me about what you're saying with how Reloaded starts and where yes. it, the Matrix ends. So I just kind of, I kind of fracture that out. That's kind of how I approach it <laughs> now. Because obviously it's like, it's more of the Wachowskis didn't, you know, realize that they're going to make two more movies at that point. So yeah. But I, that's how I kind of think I picture it at this point. I'm just like, I don't even think about that scene. I just kind of like it ends and then he's reloaded and revolutions happens. And then, then you get that phone call from Neo and he flies away like that. That just makes sense to me.
3: <laughs>
0: anyway, let's get we we got Jeffrey Wright on and he's he's cool. I like he's he's a solid feel he's my favorite Felix. I mean, it's, it's Jeffrey Wright. Um and this actor, David Harbour, who I've seen in a lot of things lately. He's a lot heavier here than he than I've seen him recently. He was in End of Watch, his most recent thing I've seen him in. But uh, and he doesn't have a mustache. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and this was the, the the subplot that I was referring to earlier. You know, again, you're sort of expecting to hear that, oh, you know, the American agents are only pretending to be corrupt, but they're really undercover to get Peter Gr- or Green or whatever this guy's name is. Like, oh no, no, they're actually pretty much corrupt. <laughs> uh, which again, I thought that was that was. Certainly very different from most Hollywood blockbusters, even a British one, arguably. Um, and I, I, I like the politics of this film. Even if it is, yeah, there's a little bit of, you know, liberal fantasy thrown in there. The idea that only James Bond can save the oppressed people from the evil water thieves. Um, I, mean, I think we're coming up to the opera, aren't we? Yes.
1: Yes. Yep,
2: the the one genuinely great scene in this film, I would argue.
1: Yeah, agree. Yeah. Like,
0: I, I feel like this is, I, I, if like Mark Forster had like ideas for this film, this is one of the scenes where he's like, "I got this." Like...
1: <laughs> Mark what Forster,
0: strange choice for directing, by the way. I, I, I'm not. What did he do to prove himself as a capable Bond director?
1: Uh, Daniel Craig liked him. Okay. Really? Fair enough.
0: They gave, they gave Bond his binder of directors. And, uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not that he was the final choice, but he was kind of one that Craig mentioned he liked. And it's then right. with with Forrester, he brought on the uh, Born Supremacy, Born Ultimatum second unit directors. Yeah. To, yeah, that, that's, not that, that's not surprising at all. Surprise! Uh, was Daniel Craig in a Mark Forrester
0: movie beforehand? Yeah. I don't know. Like he was in a Sam San Mendes movie beforehand. Yeah. Way beforehand. Road to Perdition. But, uh... Yep. Um... But... Which, which, which if... I, Jude Law proved himself... He could have been a pretty cool Bond villain. Just saying. If, just, if I look at Road to Perdition. Hey, he still
2: can. He's he still can. Kind of, yeah, that's
0: true. He's, there's nothing stopping me.
2: Uh, but, um... No, I, I... I liked Finding Neverland. I thought it was okay. Uh, I thought Monster's Ball was fine. Uh... I love Stranger Than Fiction. I think it's a terrific film. Yes. Um. But I think what they were thinking was we hire a director for the character and plot stuff and then just let the second unit worry about the action. And I think from what I've gathered, and if I'm wrong, if someone correct me in the comments, that's sort of how Mr. Forrester approached it as well. He sort of said, okay, I've got the Bourne team. They can take care of the, a lot of the action stuff. I'll just, you know, whatever ideas they throw my way, I will agree to them because they know what they're doing. Um, and I guess that's part of why I like this film is I like the character work. I like the plot. Um, I I, I don't like the action necessarily, but that's one part of the film. For example, on the other hand, Die Another Day, which is one of my least favorite Bond films, has terrific action in it. Yeah,
0: it does. Um,
2: amazing, amazing action sequences, but it's because everything else is faltering I would argue it's a terrible film.
0: Give or, give or take the the heavy use of surfing in that movie, but yeah, yes. yes great yes. action in that movie. <laughs>
2: um,
0: oh my god, watching that recently too. Jesus, that's a movie. <laughs> 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 my god, Halle Berry is terrible in that movie. Exactly. yes, like, yes. It's, not, it's not. It's like I don't even know what she was doing in that.
1: Like, she's an Academy Award winning actress. <laughs> It's so Ironically, from Mark, fair, monster, Mark, from Mark Forster. Mark. <laughs> Mark Forster. To be to be fair, she did receive the award while filming yes. *Die Another Day*. Okay. It wasn't like I have my Oscar. What's my next project? Okay. She was already on *Die Another Day*. Okay.
0: Okay. So, well, back, yeah. to, so back, yeah.
1: back to back. Yeah. But she's still terrible.
0: Yeah, she is. Back to Mark Forster. Rosemary is pretty good. Okay. Movie. But um, back to Mark Forster. He always and like. I have liked some of his movies. I've disliked others of his movies. He seems, he seems to be like a Danny Boyle light where yeah. they, they both kind of hop around between different genres, which is admirable. That's something I like when directors do when they, you know, you can't, I can't pin people down necessarily because they've got to say so many different things. Stephen Frears is just another good example of that, I think. But, uh, in terms of English directors that go around places, but yeah, there's just, I mean, that's great. He has a great team that he can work with about the action, but I feel like it doesn't have it. It's lacking. If, you, if there's so much going on in this, in what this is, this this lean movie, in terms of you have this character stuff, and then you have this wild action stuff, and then you have these exotic location such, and then you have these things that are supposed to make up the Bond aspect of the movie. It just it doesn't feel like there's necessarily a personality in this movie of one singular vision, as opposed to there's a lot of different things all coming together, and it doesn't mesh quite right to me.
2: Hmm. No, I, know, I would I, agree I, with you. This doesn't feel like a Mark Forster picture per se. Yeah. Uh, while I would argue that you know Casino Royale, for example, feels very much like a Martin Campbell picture.
0: It feels both like a Martin Campbell picture and a Bond picture, even though yes. it's an all new kind of Bond picture. Given that it's the origin tale of Bond to an extent. Uh, uh,
1: Forster did. I mean, he approached this with you know, you know, trying to cut to the chase. I mean, he he wanted to. He saw a lot of scenes in different Bond movies as just dicking around and not getting to the point, and he wanted to, you know... He was allowed to make a, you know, two-and-a-half-hour movie, but he said, no, 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 we're gonna make something short and impactful. And, like, I... Okay, so
0: I I don't need a a two-and-a-half-hour Bond movie, but... And I don't even mind the fact that this movie is short. It's just... It's, it it doesn't feel like a bond movie to me and i get yeah it's nice to shake up the franchise but i've seen people i've i've seen shakeups in the franchise we talked we saw talked about license to kill already which is one of the yeah. longer bond movies actually but it yeah. i don't it just it this flavor of bond doesn't doesn't click click right with me
2: now, i remember when i first saw this film i was wondering you know is this a bunch of you know bloodthirsty super rich people that are paying to watch these people actually be executed <laughs> that'd
0: be hilarious
2: well because the, the film had been so dark up to that point that i'm thinking you know it's so about oh you know the rich and their abusive power and they can blah 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 it's like are they actually paying to watch like a stage stuff play or something <laughs> but i, I found the scene generally creepy too it is and that's part of what yeah. you know uh it is creepy
0: it's like the, it's the the cousin to the scene where like Illuminati take over or an interview with a vampire when all the vampires take that one girl down on stage. Like it's just
1: this weird scene. Yeah. Like what's happening?
3: Right yeah, now? yeah. <laughs> like,
0: it
1: kind of makes you uncomfortable for Bond in this situation, which is really weird. Crazy eyes.
2: <laughs> and I'm all f- I'm always for action sequences set to you know atypical music.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I I love the juxtaposition here. Like it's this is—I mean, again, this is this is the action scene that I'm like, I'm good with this one. This one's really cool. It's It's very very stylish,
2: and they don't seem to care about innocent bystanders here because they're rich; they can do that. Um,
0: Even the editing—I think it's because of the way because of the way they're utilizing music and just kind of the energy of this action sequence, I don't mind the editing here.
2: Yeah, I wish it was a little slowed down. To oh, say, yeah,
0: I agree with that. I mean, yeah, would, yeah but.
2: because I like this sequence a lot in theory, this is one of the sequences where the editing does bother me because I wish I could have a better, clear geographical sense of what's going on. Who's being shot? Who's not being shot? You know, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Well, we saw Crazy Eyes bring out his gaggle of henchmen. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, those guys are probably gonna die. Okay, so here's this scene. So about, Bond drops this guy, right? Or no, does he kill? Does he just rob himself? Well, he yes, He sort of doesn't really make an effort yeah. to save him. Yeah, there you go. Which, yeah. But again, he's he's
2: alive, mm-hmm. as you're going to see in two seconds. And Peter Green, or one of his henchmen, kills him. And, like, you know, I- at no point does anyone, you know, does he ever say, hey, I didn't kill him.
0: I think that was the French equivalent of Gary Cole lumber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> So yeah, now we get to this M scene, and it, it just, it it does bug me that, like, we've seen M just be mad at Bond, and now he's going to get this completely, like, Bond's framed. And yeah, I get that Bond just doesn't kind of care, but it's like, there's, you could say something to defend yourself in this situation.
2: Well, there's a lot of movies where characters are framed for a crime, and they never come out and say, hey, I didn't do it. That's one of the things I liked about, you know, Fast Five, oddly enough, is there's a scene about a third of the way through where... You know, uh, what's his name? Vin Diesel and Paul Walker basically confront The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, for the sole purpose of saying, hey, we didn't kill those people. You know, I know you don't believe me, but we didn't kill those people. Um, And again, he doesn't say, no, I did not shoot him point blank and throw him off a roof. I just threw him off a roof.
0: See, Okay, so Bond's like puzzled by this, but none of the words are...
1: It's not going to make any difference at this point, though. Whether M believes him or not, there's evidence to the Prime Minister that he was shot, possibly by Bond.
0: So, okay, Casino Royale... (laughs) an issue i had is that the word ego i think is said way too many times in that movie I, yeah I, I think it's like oh my god i get it bond yeah he's got an ego and like but eva green's just like oh your ego is making you're gonna lose this game your ego your ego this movie is just like bond stop bond stop bond stop. It, it has that kind of thing i don't know if that's a paul haggis touch of making, wow. making sure the theme
1: resonates here we go we got a we got a bond moment for you here yep, yep there you go
2: Um, well, that's one of the things that sometimes annoys me about certain Chris Nolan films. This is arguably the Batman pictures, is that they basically pick one word and use it like it's a new vocabulary word.
0: Things are worse than ever.
2: It was like chaos, chaos, fear, afraid, chaos, fear, afraid. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I don't know if you guys have been watching Homeland.
0: I have been watching the second season.
2: You have not or have?
0: I have not been watching the second season.
2: Uh, Um. Well, this, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but if you take a drink for every time someone unders the phrase, attack on America...
0: <laughs> well, yeah. You, you will, you will <laughs> die. That sounds like all of 24, but... Uh, yeah.
2: Um... But... I,
0: I like that, uh... That, uh, Giancarlo... Gian- yes. I mean, Matt is his character. I like that he came back.
2: Continuity! Yay!
0: Um... Especially because it's pretty cold. What happens in the um, yes in the end yeah. of Casino Royale? Um. Which I guess so that means was Mathis innocent in Casino Royale? Yes, he was. Yes, it, yes, was he, just, he, it was he, just it was just Matt Nicholson lying about saying your friend Mathis was my friend Mathis. Like yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, like, it was the setup. But then even Bonds like it just proves that she was that she was also with him, not that Mathis is innocent. It's just like yes. damn, Bonds cold in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like good, good thing they come back here.
2: I like, you know, this is one of the few moments where he, you know, has a full-length conversation with somebody, frankly. He, he
0: lets his garden. You know, yeah. it's,
2: it's a character moment. And, Great. you know, in the, I would argue in the latter half of the film, because we are halfway through this film right now, yeah. it's a little more character-driven than the first half, which is just, you know, boom, 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 boom. Um.
0: If I want to focus on this actor again, Giancarlo Gianni, he dies horribly in Hannibal.
1: Just point that out. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> is, yeah, But he is so good in Hannibal. The he second is. act is superb. And every time He's, I watch he Hannibal. He's the
1: main character of the entire yes. story. Yeah, he really is. Yeah.
2: Every time I watch Hannibal, I get to the second act and I'm thinking, well, maybe this movie isn't as bad as I remember. And
1: then, and then we
2: get to the third act and like, oh, right.
1: There's where the rails came off. <laughs> yes. I mean, each story needed to be Hannibal Lecter in a, in a different adversary in a different way, yeah. and his character was, you know, prime for being the, you know, the uh, Jodie Foster or the William Peterson uh, character to his Lecter, and they they play with it. But well, I mean, I without really getting
2: too to much, she- without getting too much about Hannibal, the book was an. I'm not saying it's a good book; it really uh, wasn't. No. But it was a very satirical extended middle finger to those who thought that Hannibal Lecter was some kind of pop culture hero after Silence of the Lambs. Yeah,
0: it felt like fan fiction. Which,
2: something the movie didn't get at all. Which is why it's so bad because you're doing a story that's basically a spoof and playing it as some epic story of good and evil
1: with gritty, gritty Ridley Scott direction. Exactly, it's really gritty that movie. That might be <laughs> like one of his worst directed movies. It's like, it's, yes, from it's a like, director standpoint.
0: Yeah, especially for Ridley Scott. It's like I like Tony Scott, but it feels like Tony like was like giving him some advice on how to make that movie. I don't know what was going on. And oh yeah, example. totally. Um, but anyway. Yeah, let's get back to Bud here. You know. Uh, that, that whole that whole sequence he... that whole sequence that we pass, he's drinking of Vesper. That whole sequence that we passed by, by the way, I liked it not be only because it's, you know, a good character scene, as Scott said, but also it's in an exotic location. That looks good. It's a good looking movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this movie like has I mean, they apparently had the potential to look as beautiful as Casino Royale. They just editing just What's the uh, is the what's the budget on this movie? Do you know offhand? Is
0: one, it one hundred million? Two hundred? Yes, Jesus. casino cost Casino Royale cost
2: 150, and oddly enough, Skyfall cost 150 as well. Um, so yep. it was actually cheaper than uh, this one.
1: Uh, Which means, actually... this one doesn't look. I mean, this one does not look as that it cost even as much as those two. Even I haven't seen Skyfall, but from the trailers, you can see money was spent here. Yeah.
2: Without going into details, I was very surprised to hear that Skyfall costs less than Quantum of Solace.
0: Well, even just by those trailers, it looks like all the money's on screen. Yes. This movie, you're telling me it's $200 million. I don't know if I can see all that money on the screen.
2: Well, there's a lot of practical. There are, you know, there are. Their movie is almost nonstop action, and most of it's, you know, real. So that, you know, it's cut to pieces, so we can't necessarily appreciate it, but. Yeah, I'm sure that's where most of the money went.
0: Yeah, it's just you know. on staging
2: the various action sequences.
0: Like Casino Royale, God, title card
2: to Casino Royale.
0: <laughs> that movie looks like everything was spent in that movie. Like, yes. And that that came oh, yeah. like and what? What's my other my, my biggest example of that is um what's it? 2005 is that when Superman Returns and Dead Man's Chest both came out. That's 2005. 2006. Right? 2006. Yeah. The, those two movies came out within like what weeks of each other. And Superman yeah. Returns. Yeah. It's within a week, yeah. Superman Returns came out, and that movie is just green and weird. and doesn't look like it costs as much as it did, except for, like, I guess CG stuff. It just doesn't look appealing to me, that movie. It's hard to watch it just because of the cinematography so dark and stark for a movie about Superman, who's, you know, blue and red. The the, uh, primary colors. The Dead Man's Chest comes out a week later. That movie looks like every cent was put on the screen in that movie. Yes. Everything. Um, Yeah, that movie looks fantastic. They both
2: cost about the same, give or take, yet one clearly looks like the money was on the screen while the other one was shot in a god-awful ugly new cinematic I was it the genesis
0: I, I think so yeah um, and
2: yeah. you know i i, I remember i you know i did see it in the theater once an the imax to be fair so it was blown up a little bit
0: with the 3d with the, yeah the select 3d scenes you know,
2: take off your glasses put them down take yeah. off your glasses put them down um God, those were the days. Yeah,
1: what a time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I, we went to that together, didn't we, Scott? We did. We did. I yeah. was
2: back when you lived in California. Boom. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was a 10.30 advance night screening, and I left my – I think I was doing voiceover classes just for fun basically back then, and I, I left one early so we could all meet to go to the movie.
0: Is Strawberry Fields naked under that? Like, oh, yeah, it's it like was was just Probably. dressed like a flasher.
2: Um, but – yeah, but this, this, I would argue this film costs as much as it does just because of the sheer amount of action, whether or not we like the action or not. There's a yeah. ton of it there.
0: That's, yeah.
2: Um, And...
0: But Casino Royale yeah. just looks so amazing through it. Like it's, it's just well, the wide-shot nature of it. That's what gets me.
2: Yeah, it's the wide-shot nature. And also, you know, there's really only three major action sequences in the entire picture. I don't see that as a criticism, certainly, but... The rest of it is is basically plot and character with the occasional brief skirmish. Even the so brief skirmish they have are funny. Amazing. Like that stairwell fight? That's ridiculous. Again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's like a you know a 30 second sequence. <laughs> but it's so intense. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. Um but um.
0: Honestly, she is just not wearing anything under that trench coat. No, she really right? isn't. It just does not look like <laughs> Um, like M just gave him a sex toy just to calm him down. Like that—that that was your plan, I guess. <laughs> uh, I feel like he's channeling Connery in this scene. By the way, every time I he's watch this, trying. I feel. I feel like he's. Yeah. This. Is, this seems like the clearest of him trying to be like Connery.
2: Instead, he comes off like Timothy Dalton.
0: Yes. <laughs> I hate sex.
2: Done. <laughs> oh,
1: what's up, Mathis?
2: I hope he's wearing pants.
1: No, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Sa- uh, Sam
0: Mendes, who did Skyfall. I mean, he's he's he's, he's he has a similar kind of pedigree of making different kinds of movies.
2: Yeah, uh, he just he hasn't. Frankly, he hasn't made that many, to my recollection. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean,
0: you, I mean, you go from like, especially from like uh, Revolutionary Road to Away We Go, which was always confusing because the movie came out so quickly after that yes. movie and because it's just drastically different from that other movie. Um,
2: I actually enjoyed that quite a bit. I'm actually not a huge Sam Mendes fan overall. I was not a big fan of American Beauty. I was not a big fan of Road to Perdition. Um,
0: I, I enjoy American Beauty quite a bit. Uh, Road to Perdition's a movie that I really, I, I think, I don't think Tom Hanks is necessarily amazing in that movie, but I respond to the father son relationships in that yeah. movie between the three of them, between Paul Newman and him and Tom Hanks oh. and his son, and Jude Law is like fantastically creepy in that movie.
2: <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, but I mean, I, I guess we can spoil Road to Perdition here. My problem with it is ironically the same problem I had with American Beauty, which is that he sets up a moral dilemma and then lets the hero die in a vaguely noble fashion rather than taking responsibility for his actions and living to cu- to fix his own mess. Um... It's,
0: it's, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, The son doesn't want to be a killer. <laughs> <laughs> Jarhead oh. bores me, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: so I don't think I've ever seen Jarhead, actually. It,
0: like, I wanted it to be good, I really did, but it just bores me when I watch that movie. Jake Gyllenhaal is really solid. But.
2: Remember when that opened to $32 million? Right. <laughs> or twenty-eight. million. That was when
0: Jamie Foxx was on top of the world, too. He already, yeah. He hasn't really fallen. He just hasn't done much
2: since no, then. But. No, he's, uh I'm sure Yango, Django Unchained will be just fine.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Revolutionary Road's like the most uncomfortable episode of Mad Men I've ever watched.
2: It's Mad Men with Pete Campbell as the hero
0: yes there you go yes very much so um getting back to this bond movie um
2: what oh right a do we, we
0: we do have strawberry fields here um, green and, and, just gave his evita speech it, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and, and feels back as well
2: uh
0: all the characters he... are in one location actually like, like besides yeah. felix i guess everybody's here
1: um, felix is here with no interaction is this the second of three Bond
2: films in a row? You know, second out of you know, two of the last three Bond films where you had the villain pretending to be a social do-gooder, pretending to try to save the world while actually being a villain in disguise? Because they pulled the same shtick and die another day, right?
1: Die another day, yes, uh, yeah. He well, he was, but Colonel Moon had taken the place of him.
2: Well yeah, but I mean so, that the Um Colonel Moon had taken the place of him?
1: Uh, what's he, what's of uh, Gustav, the, Graves. Gustav Graves. Was Gustav, Gustav Graves, Graves was, a person? He was, yeah, he was a person. And he took his identity.
2: Oh, I didn't know he was actually a person. I don't remember that. I thought yeah, he made I, up an identity. I
1: always forgot that yeah. part, yeah. And mainly because I don't care.
2: Well, <laughs> they, I don't, I, they well, bend I don't, so far over backwards to absurdity so they don't have to have a Korean villain. Yeah,
1: I, like, well, I thanks. don't know if the character was in the public eye. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Beforehand. It seemed like he was
1: because he's like a billionaire or whatever. Well, it was, it was a really quick rags-to-riches story. Ah, uh, yeah, because of his fencing talents with Madonna. Yeah, which... <laughs> uh, Yeah. Madonna's in the movie, guys. That movie. <laughs> she, also, s- she also sings a song. You got the wrong era, Madonna, to do the Bond song. Da- Die Another
0: yeah. day. Oh my God! That movie has that insane sword fight that goes all over wherever the hell they're sword fighting in. It's like and the music. It's so over the top. It's so ridiculous. Coming yeah, this, after this guy's not evil. Coming after like such a strong. Like I feel like the opening of that movie is fairly strong, and even like getting to Cuba or whatever. Like all that. books where it goes off the rails for me. It goes Cuba's, off. I, I'm still with it at that. Point, but that sword fights were like Jesus. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. happening.
2: Uh. Well, I think you know, about this film. You know, we're talking about you know cutting the fat or what have you. Is what you're missing is really what you're missing is the scene where Bond you know interacts with people and pretends to be undercover for ten seconds and you know meets the girl and and pretends to be the friend of the bad guy and that's either not there or it's just taken care of like right off the bat. In a way, it kind of reminds me of Moonraker, which also skips sort of to the third act right off the bat, so to speak.
0: Well, I mean, like, Tomorrow Never, D- Turn out, bleh, Tomorrow Never Dies does that, too, to an extent. That is true. Yeah. That is true.
2: Um, it's also a relatively short Bond film.
0: That is, yes. It's come, especially it's after, only about like, 10, 50
2: minutes longer than this one.
0: Yeah, like, Gold GoldenEye was fairly, I mean, it, that's a 100, 130 minutes, like, that's... Not like super long, but it's it's longer, and so yeah. Tomorrow I never dies.
1: Blink, oh. blink, or else you'll miss this toupee. There you go. I saw it. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow I never dies. Yeah, there is. Oh, Felix is here. Okay, yeah.
2: Everybody's at the party.
0: Remember, I, I don't watch this movie often because I think it sucks. But I mean, it. Fair enough. But, no, I don't watch the movie because I, you know, I don't care too that much. But uh, yeah, I forgot Felix is there.
2: Um, well, this is the only third. This is the only third time I've seen it. Uh, I saw it once in theaters, once on you know when it came out on you know DVD, Blu-ray. And now I'm watching it again.
0: Yeah, I saw it. Yeah,
1: actually, this is my thir- my third full time watching it. I believe this is like my fourth or fifth. So, so it's one we all don't just pop in and watch all the time. No,
2: no. Um, but I would say that with most Bond films, I mean, even you know, even ones that I really, really like, like you know, World's Not Enough, I've only seen that a handful of times.
1: I mean, um, but you have so many options to choose from. I mean, yes. you can go years without seeing a certain one and be like, "Oh, this is the one I'm going to watch because I haven't seen this in forever." I I mean, I I you know, I watch movies all the time and have tons of things to do, so it's more of
0: having a Bond movie come out every couple of years is a good excuse for me to get all my Bond movies in. Yeah. And I, I think it it speaks to how much I enjoy the Bond franchise just because there's 22 movies here and I've watched maybe 17 of them in the past few weeks, so it's like, (laughs) (laughs) I clearly enjoy Bond movies, I'm happy to, like, get them out. That's really sad for Memphis. But, uh, I mean, I'm happy to watch these movies, and so, like, this provides me a good excuse to do so. The, um, getting into Bond movies in general, like, when I was younger, I mean, I guess, technically, I guess I grew up with the Pierce Brosnan movies, to, uh, to say that, but even before that, I was into Bond movies because, you know, they played the Bond marathons on TV before I had, like, DVDs, and I had my VHS copies of it, or, like, if T- if TBS is playing a Bond marathon when I'm younger and I don't have any other way to watch them, I'm going to be jigging, digging in and watching those Bond movies. Like, I just, I generally enjoy watching the franchise, even if it's playing View to a Kill on TV. I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll stick with this for a while. One of my earliest Bond memories, I think, is watching Roger
1: Moore run over alligators and Living Let, Let Die. <laughs> hmm. I still enjoy that. I love that Bond style. I've, I've seen where that's ridiculed, and I'm like, well, it's it's fun. Bond style, it's Bond to me. I mean, that's yeah. you.
0: It's sure it's campy, but that's to me that is what James Bond is. As much as I like, as much as I consider Connery to be my best Bond, like I watch Roger Moore movies, and I I mean he's he he I rank him higher than most people would rank him. I, I love Roger Moore movies because he feels like. Sean Connery feels is Sean Connery. Like he does, When I think Sean Connery, I think of Sean Connery. When I think of Roger Moore, I think of James Bond, and that he's the only person I would say that about. When I think of Timothy Dalton, I think of Timothy Dalton or or um, Saint Saint Clair from Rock is
3: Here. When I
0: think of Daniel Craig, I think of Daniel Craig. When I think of Pierce Brosnan, he's still Pierce Brosnan to me. I've seen him in enough a diverse amount of roles where he doesn't feel like he's the emblematic James Bond. Roger Moore is James Bond, like, and he's, I think for a lot of people, he's James Bond, not not necessarily the best and not necessarily the person they prefer as Bond, but he was that Bond for he's had the most movies as Bond, like, he's, he's James Bond, (laughs) like, he's a movie, he's a character that, he's a person that everyone's familiar with as James Bond, regardless of if they like all of his movies or not, and so I stick up for him because of that, I, like he played it a certain way, and I, I dug it. uh
2: We just talked over what I would argue is a very good dramatic scene.
0: It is. It's, a, it's, uh, just, it's sad. <laughs> it's very saddening. That's why I wanted to talk <laughs> over it. <laughs> he
1: was a generally good character, and like now he has You're a bit of... You're trying to disguise the pluses of the film. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, The coming up, the, uh, the big airplane action sequence... This was actually, this is, a, I enjoy it, but, you know, I can agree that it's unnecessary, but I do enjoy it as it is. But uh, it's something that was uh, one of those hell over uh, action sequences that was dropped from other movies.
0: There's a really big indie fan, apparently.
1: What was it dropped from, do you know? It was just one that, you know, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Bond did this? Yeah, we'll try to get it in this one. Nah, not going to work, not going to work. And finally, here it is. Feels like it, I I'm, think it it goes it back work. to the '80s, actually. It feels like it's just
0: a mix of scenes that I've seen in Tomorrow Never Dies and and uh, License to Kill and Moonraker, just like a hodgepodge, isn't it? Just like Bond gets into a dogfight, jumps out of a plane, gets a parachute at the last second. Yes, I, yeah, okay, I, I think I, <laughs> I, I think I've basically seen that in three other Bond movies, just yeah. all in one now. It's like uh, even Goldeneye has a awesome plane sequence. That is indie, yeah. Right, he's a, he's he's head of the indie fan club in the country that they're in.
2: I don't know how, how old would he Jones in two thousand eight, he he's wouldn't like, be around would he? No, he, he, was, he, he was he was 30.
1: actually in theaters in two thousand. <laughs> well, but did, did, you know what I mean.
0: Um, what a big year for movies, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it
1: it, it it mimicked the summer of eighty uh, nine,
0: and yeah, it all, actually
1: perfectly. Yeah. It had Star Trek not moved. It would have been exactly like the summer of 89.
0: Star Trek
2: is supposed to open Christmas in 2008.
0: Well, all right. Okay, but still. What's the Ghostbusters 2 equivalent? Uh, Uh,
2: Hellboy 2.
0: Okay, I'll give you that. (laughs) It's a far
2: better movie than Ghostbusters 2. Oh my
0: god, I love Hellboy 2. Hellboy 2 is the best movie that came out that had to suffer from Dark Knight. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Um. No, it was... uh, uh, yeah that's a, that's that's a movie where the money's on screen by the way too yeah. hellboy, too. oh my god there's but not a... a lot of it <laughs> yeah that's it's insanely exactly cheap it. but the, like the, the the special features on hellboy 2 amazing how much craft went into some of that stuff
1: That's well, i i it's a shame we haven't seen a film from guillermo del toro since
0: oh
2: god he hasn't made one anything since has he he spent so long not making the hobbit
1: yeah,
0: the the footage the footage was, for Pacific Rim is insane. Just saying. Oh, they showed it at Comic Con. Oh yeah, and it looks crazy good. I'm sad that he's being forced to make it 3D, but whatever. <laughs>
2: um, anyway,
0: there's the the whole plane stuff. <laughs> That's an interesting point though about 87 or 89 being very emblematic of this summer, of this 2008 summer.
1: You get you know a James Bond second mission. You get Batman versus the Joker. Uh, you also had Indiana Jones. Yep. Um, you o- almost had Star Trek with Kurt. <laughs> um.
2: And of course, you had Prince Caspian. Like, look who's talking. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they both made about one hundred and forty million dollars. But look who's talking! Did not cost two hundred and twenty to make.
0: When did that terrible Terminator, Terminator movie come out? Was that
2: 2006?
0: nine? Two thousand nine, a year later. Okay, yes, that's right. Because I did, because that was my that was my biggest disappointment of that year. Oh, because oh. I was trying to remember. It's like I can't remember. if...
2: There were a lot of disappointments that summer.
0: What happened two thousand nine? What else came out?
2: <laughs> Star Trek, Wolverine, Angels and Demons.
0: Well, well I mean, uh, was anyone disappointed by any of those?
2: Uh, well, Wolverine was terrible. But, but uh, were you disappointed. A... Fair enough.
0: But Wolverine, I think, is the best movie that the eighties never made. That's what I consider. (laughs) (laughs) If if, if Wolverine, even the even the level of CG in that movie, if Wolverine came out the if like in nineteen eighty seven, people would love Wolverine. It's a perfect like Reagan era revenge movie. Yeah, yeah. where the girlfriend dies just so he can go no. (laughs) I think there's there's four overhead screaming shots in Wolverine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um. I was disappointed by Star Trek. I It was not as good. I, mean, it, it's, I have issues with it.
0: I, I like hearing that just because I'm not a fan of that stuff. Well, I don't I don't dislike that Star Trek well, one. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not a Trekkie. I don't care for Star yeah. Trek at all. I'm incredibly indifferent to Star Trek as a series in general. Watching Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams one, I was like, eh. I like the first hour, and then all those convenient things happened at the same time where Kirk was thrown off a ship onto a planet where a vagina monster attacked him. Spock comes out of nowhere, saves him, and gives him all this exposition. All of that within like and- my- it's, and and takes him to Scotty. It's <laughs> Scotty, yeah. It's Scotty's. in. Yeah. It's all these.
2: But, yeah. Things. The third act is a mess because of that. Yeah, um,
0: Eric Bann is good though. That's the. That's what. That's what I like. Yes. In that third act, he's
1: good. Well, I, I left that movie. I, I was like, ah, that was good. But the sequel, you could. It was a movie you could tell that the sequel was going to be so much better. I hate. Is it?
3: I hate Star Trek. I hate the. I, I,
1: I don't I, know if it is, <laughs> but I felt that way. But you know, knowing production. Yeah, yeah. With this one, it, it felt like you know when you leave Batman Begins, knowing he's going to go after the joker it's you know you know that movie's going to be solid i hate time
0: travel in star Trek. that's my other big issue i I feel like it's a cheat
1: um it's
0: something
2: they've been using for years and years and years it was it was a way to have their cake and eat it too and
0: not as a person that doesn't know star trek i don't i don't know how often they use time travel in the past in star trek series
1: but i'm not a big trekkie i'm more of a fan of the the film series of star trek
0: Yes. Anything, but
1: I do know time travel has been a presence in Star Trek since the very beginning, and quite a big presence.
0: Okay, here's all this Bond stuff now. Back to Quantum Assaults. Yes. Thank you, anybody that's listening to this commentary, by the way. <laughs> Barry, what this has been
1: going wild tangents.
0: But all right. All right. So now we have Bond free-falling with Camille. It seems incredibly fast. That's another thing about the scene. It, I don't mind the idea of Bond free-falling in the air, because, you know, as Brandon has said before, Moonraker is his favorite Bond opening of all time, correct? Yes, but there's a velocity factor that I just feel is completely unbelievable. Oh, they should be dead! Like the the the, the way they show them falling is just so fast, which I guess is fits the theme of this movie. But it just it just defies any kind of logic at this point. Get your heart racing. As much as Bond has defied logic in the past, I mean that's yeah. in,
1: which it's I mean, in, a that's, in a movie
0: that's a movie that seems to be technically grounded in some sort of reality. It seems like that was. That was pretty wild for them to fall from a plane like that and you know
1: live. Yeah. I thought it was fun. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, what's the other thing? Oh, the game, the Quantum of Solace game. I like more than this movie. The chief reason being, the Quantum of Solace game has a lot is more focused on casino reality. Quantum of Solace. That's
1: interesting. It's it probably uh, got better editing too. It yeah it does <laughs> it's. <laughs>
0: The game, literally, like, you you play through the first couple levels, and you get to that scene where you f- fall on the um, the airplane, and then it just does, like, an entire flashback to almost all of Casino Royale. And oh. it's like, all right, and it because it's, like, using the Modern Warfare engine, because Infinity Ward, made, or Activision made that game, like, it feels like a Call of Duty game, and it's, like, it actually plays pretty well, and it's, it's not Goldeneye, but it's still fun, and it, it has all these great iconic scenes from Casino Royale, in it, and I'm like, all right, I'm really into this. And then, then it gets back into Quantum of the Solis' story, and i like, uh, just saying, throw throw the shout out to a video game movie transfer that you know worked for me well enough just because of how good the movie it was representing was.
2: <laughs> Getting back to our tangent from a few minutes ago, Wolverine is a phenomenal video game. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm actually excited for the Wolverine, at least partially because of the video game spinoff. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, yeah. Yes. Wolverine is an amazing video game. There'll be the the X Men Origins Wolverine yes. game. That game is awesome. I love that game. It's God of War Wolverine. It's incredible. It's everything that you'd want in a Wolverine movie that you could never have because it's yes. M rated. It, you see everything that Wolverine's capable of in terms of the kind of gore that he can give off in that in that realm. Uh,
2: it's a very cinematic game too.
0: Yeah, the story has a nice framing device. And As
2: we have another. Rare rarity of rares here—an actual character scene with dialogue and conversation, yep. where she explains. I
1: actually, I actually really like this scene.
2: Well, I like it because you know, in most movies where you have a character avenging the death of their father, you know, the father's presented as saint-like figure, and is like, no, he was a monster, but you know, he killed still my dad, and I want to get the guy that killed him.
1: Bond um, girls with purpose. Yes. But, but you know, it's not as good as, you know, ones that sing, sing underneath the mango tree. <laughs> <laughs> I still prefer Ursula Andrews over Olga Kurylenko. I'll i be the guy that is blasphemous and say I prefer her. As do I. No, uh, I
2: Andrews never did anything for me. This
1: girl had her father killed and does something about it. Yeah, okay.
0: I, I will say I liked Olga Kurilenko in Centurion because she had her tongue cut out. Centurion was awesome, because but we'll, we'll, I won't go on about right. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has so many awesome things. You have you have the fast factor, which is automatically a win.
1: It also lived many childhood sword fighting fantasies of bloodshed it right does. off the bat. I was like, wow, it's another. I, I'm a big Neil Marshall fan, and he always. I like the in. way he shoots action. That's, I, yes. in his, he makes his graphic violence count and feel like it hurts. I'd be curious to see what his
0: version of this movie would look like, actually.
2: Probably R rated.
0: If you if you if you put him on a leash a little bit and make him make a PG thirteen movie, I'd be curious to see how he make how he make a Bond movie.
1: You know, a lot of these times with these PG thirteen movies, when you could tell it used to be an R, some of the implied violence is far worse than if they would have just shown it. Oh yeah,
0: there's a what's the one that oh, actually not even an action movie but a horror movie? Drag me to hell. The um, huh. Sam Raimi's *Drive Me to Hell* is a perfect PG-13 movie, but um, the, the the unrated cut of that movie, I don't like that version, even though it has more blood, because it looks really like they, it's really CG and bad and stuff, opposed to the PG-13, which implies a lot of the horror, which I really enjoy.
2: Oh yeah, I mean it's I and I think that film actually one of the reasons it didn't do that well at the box office is because everybody assumed it had been horribly compromised for a PG-13. I saw that movie frankly really early. Um, at a at a test screening, oddly enough, <laughs> and it was you know basically the final cut for all intents and purposes. And no, it didn't need to be R. It was a very scary and you know not gory, but kind of gross and slimy. Pg-13. Oh yeah, film.
0: it's a it's a ramy film. Um, it's a yeah. Raimi horror film, and it feels like it, regardless of it being PG.
1: the Evil Dead's cousin. It is. Yeah. yeah.
0: This is the indie fan club. With all those guys up there. Okay. So. They can't you just they're, want water.
1: They're the uh, they're the Rango reenactment troop. Oh boy,
0: <laughs> 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 Oh, Rango.
1: I like Rango. I love I Rango.
0: Love Rango's Rango. one of my favorite movies of last year. Yeah, China, yeah. Chinatown with lizards. Come on,
1: <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, no, I just can't wait till they do the two Jakes and Rango too. Go <laughs> <laughs> wait seventeen it's, years. The two
0: Jake, the yes. two the two rattlesnake Jakes. Yes. Two Bill Nyes for
2: one. <laughs> uh, I have to say, there's it's. Uh, while most of the cartoons have been pretty good, there have there with the exception of Paranorman, which I think is pretty terrific. It's been a pretty eh year for animation so far.
0: I would agree. I it's, liked uh,
2: Wreck Ralph, but I didn't love it. I liked Madagascar, I didn't love it. You know, and, and I I didn't like Brave at all.
0: I would agree because Paranorman's a movie that stands out to me while the other ones that I've seen yeah. this year, unless I'm not thinking of one, which I don't think I'm yeah. not.
1: All, I think all I've seen is Paranorman, animation-wise. You got the best of them. Um. I'm, hap-
0: I'm happy... Sorry, I'll keep going The Paranorman. Paranorman's a movie I saw the trailer for a year ago, and I was like, I want to see this, and I'm happy that it delivered in spades for me.
1: Yes. <laughs> Unlike Prometheus for most of us. <laughs>
0: Alright, so they're all they're all dirty and
1: tired. That's nice. That was used on the uh the the marketing for this movie. It's like look, he's beat
0: up. Yeah, and he's got this chick with him. What's going on?
1: He's not wearing a tie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right, Grumpy Face is back, guys.
1: Squints Magoo is back. <laughs> <laughs> I I really like this uh this scene here. I actually do too. It's this is uh, really this really the scene cool. I remember right now. This, yeah, is where, this is what you get Mark Forster for. Yeah, it's played for horror, basically. It. I mean, it honestly works better than. It, it, I. I'm going to sound like an asshole, but I mean, if the context of everything, it works better than Goldfinger. It, oh, of course it does. Because Goldfinger, I mean, Goldfinger, Goldfinger is, is iconic. It's what it is. But in the story, did you know? Uh, I
0: see. I, I can agree with you to an extent, but I think it's just a different time kind of thing. Well, yeah, you, it's you a can, different you time. Can, you can place a lot more emotional emphasis on something like this now, as opposed to Goldfinger, where yeah, I don't think the an audience didn't necessarily need to like linger on the idea of this girl dying. I mean, this is
1: yeah, but this she is didn't very to t- matter, and she didn't really matter to anybody but her sister, who was really quickly offed in Goldfinger. Yeah, as well, which seemed. I mean, in Watching it now, it seems kind of silly. Why did you bring in her sister if you're just going to offer a, a scene later? It pumps up the, the villainous nature of odd Oddjob. That and- poor family lost two daughters. <laughs> I mean, I,
0: I, I mean, yeah, I'm just going I'm, to... The impact I'll, I'll, of this... I'll, I'll, is... I'll argue for the different mindsets of the films and the times that they're in. That's the only thing yeah. I can put forward. I'm the times and, they're in, but... Because this is obviously very tragic. It is very sad that this person died this way, and given the rough-and-tumble nature of this movie, versus Goldfinger, which is a movie that, you know, has... It has that ability to to kind of wink at itself. This, this movie doesn't. <laughs> and so yeah, you're able to treat a scene like that with much more... Seriousness and yeah, a horrific kind of tinge. Also, Bond just beat up everybody in that elevator, and that was that was pretty cool. Pretty
1: cool. and I like what he does here when he sneaks around, Very yeah. Bond. So let, let's say in the second hour or a <laughs> second hour, as <laughs> if there were two. Uh, the the second half of the film, he's a lot more Bond than he was in the first.
0: I yeah, I I'll agree with that. M always looks fabulous, by the way, in every one of these yeah. movies. In Judy Dench is a, how to look authoritative and classy. <laughs> I,
1: I do like that her relationship with Craig is far different than Brosnan.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, like,
1: he's, he's almost her her goon in these. Yeah, the way they, I mean, uh, their no, relationship like just cracks me up in, in these two movies. The I, I feel
0: I feel like. Um, uh, um,
1: Sorry, Connery got
0: along well with um, with M. Roger Moore. Or no, Connery got well along well with uh, Money Plenty. Roger Bohr got along with M really well. Pierce Brosnan got to do a lot with Q, and those scenes are fantastic. I love Q scenes with Brosnan. And this yes. one, yeah, Craig and M seem to have like the best relationship here. Um,
2: well, I think it's 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 they were almost more equals when it was Pierce Brosnan and and Judy Dench.
0: Yeah, because they're both coming off of like yeah. you're both supposed to the cold war just ended and they're both in that same kind of mindset of like, yeah. things are different now. Uh, yeah, And
2: this, in these, these films, it's more of a, I don't want to say maternalistic cause that's not quite what it is. Yeah. But she's sort of like, I want to craft this one from the start. So therefore she has more of an interest in how he turns out.
0: It's not a Yoda or an Obi-Wan one either. So I'm trying to think of, yeah. <laughs> it's not a Miyagi one either. Cause she's not really teaching him anything.
1: She's just more of like, it, it seems overly professional. Her relationship with well, him.
2: if you know, if you want to go, it's it's almost you know J.D. Dr. Cox from Scrubs. There
0: you go. You, know, there you he go. he doesn't there, want you know she doesn't yes. want to
2: be his mentor, but she she knows she sees him enough to know that he's worth paying attention to.
0: That's the best example. I like that one. There too. you go. Thank Thank you. Perfect.
1: here. Who, who, who is uh who is Lazenby's relationship with? Oh, the Bond girl. The Bond girl. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dalton's. Don doesn't have done really
0: out. Felix, friends.
1: yeah, I guess so. He was, yeah, he, he's really torn <laughs> up about Felix. Two but movies, if... two Felixes. Uh, he Avengers, one of them.
0: Although it, I mean, it is really horrific when a, when a, a
1: shark kills you <laughs> or takes
0: yeah. your limbs, and your wife's dead. Like that's, yeah. But but, yeah, but I mean that whole opening scene of License to Kill is devoted to Felix and Bond having a grand old adventure as they arrest Robert Davi in an airplane heist that's similar to Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yes. <laughs> What if I took Moonraker and mixed it with License to Kill, <laughs> or a shot License to Kill like Moonraker was? What can I tell you, Bond? There's no such thing as a free lunch.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't know me. I'm just going to read all of these lines because I love Jack, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, well, you, it's
2: not much time at all, is I, it?
0: I could watch. I could watch Jeffrey Wright play um, Lando Calrissian in the Disney remake of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's actually, uh, yeah.
0: Double crossing. What are you doing
1: here? Do you get the sense for, from Jeffrey Wright in this movie that kind of didn't want to be here?
0: I feel like he they flew him in and he did his lines.
1: Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have much to do.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. But I, I also, but because characters don't want to be there either. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. true. And uh,
2: that's a nice touch. He, he still just
1: sits and drinks the beer.
0: what what I had to.
1: He drinks lighter beer. Oh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, Con- Connery
1: says, hey, or was it Roger Moore in Live and Let Die when, it's like, oh, a genu- genuine Felix Leiter when he's handed a lighter."
2: And now we're off to the relatively subdued action climax, which has the dumbest hotel ever. Let's yeah. just fill this thing
1: with like propane tanks or whatever it is. I always give, I know. give this
0: credit because it feels like a Bond hideout.
1: That's yeah, shit. it does. It, it feels does. like a Bond hideout oh, yeah. for sure. And they'd, they'd never done one in a desert. He wanted uh Forster of the Swiss Alps, uh like on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but uh production cost. You know, is there skiing in
0: Skyfall, Scott? Is there Bond skiing? Uh, no. Damn it. Okay, got. Well, wait.
1: we got two more
0: chances. Got got away for Craig four.
2: I, I was trying. I'm not sure if I was supposed to say that I had seen the other, the new one yet. I was trying to avoid that in some, in some of my comments.
1: We've we, think... not, not like anyone's going to live question it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, but, uh, I, I, just don't,
2: I just don't want what I know about the next film to influence my discussion of this one.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate but, that. Yeah. I, that's why I
0: purposely not tried to address Skyfall. But I, <laughs> I, I have been curious about. I mean,
2: the part you know <laughs> when the half of the film where James Bond is killed is kind of shocking. But... <laughs> Uh, when,
0: when Q becomes the real hero of Buzz Scott. Yes, Buzz. exactly.
2: Ben Warshaw takes up the, uh,
0: and then then he ends up shooting himself in a bathtub at the end of the movie, right?
2: <laughs> and then he murders a bunch of redheads. <laughs> oh, perfume! Do you like perfume, Scott? Are you a fan of? Perfume? I do, I do. It's it's. Uh, or yes. should I
1: say? Should I say? Are you a perfumer?
2: <laughs> perfume, a story of murder.
1: I I have a fun story with perfume. I I was not a fan of it, but. uh... Scott and I went to see it, and there was another line. Because we saw it. We were supposed that's to see right. it with Tom Tickver. Uh, yes. Q&A afterwards, and uh, we get in there, and he didn't show up. But meanwhile, there was another line uh, with a Q&A um, that they were offering us that we could go in that line if we wanted instead. And it was for Pan's Labyrinth with Guillermo del Toro, which <laughs> oh, that's we you made the wrong choice. At, but, no, you know,
2: because uh, two years later, we saw Guillermo del Toro and Elboy.
1: Yeah, we did see him with Hellboy 2, so that made up for that. But, yes. you know, no Tom Tick for, That was slightly disappointing.
0: Dustin uh, Hoffman in that movie is <laughs> something.
2: It's interesting. I mean, I, the, you know, the last thing I'll say about Perfume is that, you know, Alan Rickman plays a character that the entire time reminded me of, of uh, Turpin from, uh, what's it called? Todd. Sweetie Todd. And then he goes off and plays the same character in <laughs> Sweetie Todd.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that the same year?
2: Uh, no, two years later. Uh, about a year and a half later. A year
0: and a half later, yeah, okay.
2: Give or take. No, about a year later.
0: Because your was like 2000... Yeah. 2006. Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. And uh, Sweeney and Todd was Christmas 2007.
0: Yeah. Perfect Christmas movie. Yes. My mom and I saw Christmas Day.
2: Um, We saw it sometime that weekend, because we were... My wife and I got married that week, and we were in uh, Disneyland for... Disney World for our honeymoon. Ooh. Um actually we got there so early that our hotel was not open, so in desperation to find something to do because nothing else was open, we saw National Treasure Two at like eight in the morning.
0: National Treasure Two still treasuring? Yes. Oh man. That's a that's a movie.
2: Yes, it it was a movie. Yeah.
0: Yes. Helen Mirren and John Voight swing on vines in that movie. Yes, they do. <laughs> um Only matched by Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Let's get back to Bond. The, um, yes, Bond, we're, yes. We're in the whole, you know, the Bond villains interacting with the evil general part of the story. Classic part of the. Actually, I think this happens a lot in Bond movies, right? The, the renegade, evil rapey general. evil rapey yes. general and the Bond villains. Just
2: make sure you want to make sure you actually want to see him killed. He gets a rape right before he's killed.
0: Yeah. Now, you know what they say. You get busy raping or get busy dying, right? That's the...
2: Well, he did both. Yeah. Um... And I, I I love that there's nobody else in this hotel other than those you know handful of people.
1: Hasn't opened yet, right? That's yeah, true. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It's like uh, yeah. They're wondering how they're going to attract people to stay in the middle of the desert. <laughs> you get to you get to parachute in. Yeah.
2: And there's no smoking in this hotel.
0: We we have live entertainment from Jack White and Alicia Keys every night.
2: Actually, it's done. (laughs) Landed. That poor general being forced to sign the contract he didn't want to sign. You know,
1: we haven't mentioned this at all. This is a Writer's Strike movie, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, Daniel Craig and Mark Forster came up with (laughs) fixes and improvisations and different directions. it, It shows... But, uh, it
2: does. Um, no, it does. And that's now their official excuse for why the film didn't work out as well as they thought. Because, you know, that's what you do now. When you go make one movie, you you basically concede guilt on the one you made previously rather than yeah. defend
1: but that's, uh, yeah, I think I, I don't like that approach. To yeah. sell the next movie, you got to bash the previous right? one. Yeah. That's,
0: I always had problems with Ocean's 13 because of that, because I liked Ocean's yeah. 12 a lot more than most people like, did. Yes, we like...
1: may have thought it was a bad movie, but did you really? I mean, there's movies where you you know it's bad, but then there's this you know, disingenuous thought that you know Daniel Craig is like, yeah, Quantum of Solace, wasn't the great? No, I, I'm pretty sure he probably thought this was going to be better received than it was.
2: Well, and of course, the classic example is you know how Disney spent the entire marketing campaign of Pirates of the Caribbean: on Stranger Trides trashing the original, the first two sequels. Yeah, really. And then delivered oh in a godly awful film. Speaking oh. of films that don't look like they cost two hundred fifty million dollars, oh, oh my god! Yeah. Oh
1: wow, yeah. Tides, oh, that's that's a bad movie. That final <laughs> final action sequence looks like it just screamed that it was on a set. There's action in that movie. I, felt, I or, fell, I fell The Final
0: series of events. I yes. was in that movie in IMAX 3D. I fell asleep in a little bit of it.
1: Oh, um,
2: that hurt. No, it's 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 shameful. At some point, r- people will realize that Rob Marshall is a bad director, but not yet. Um, uh,
0: Does this movie have Heineken in it? Uh, I
1: don't know. Is this I, don't, I,
2: I don't know beers.
1: Was this? Know, the, was was Casino Royale had it? But I don't think this one. It may I'm be. To, I'm trying to remember if I remember because i Why are there
2: hydrogen tanks all over this hotel? It,
1: yeah.
0: I'm I, sure the video
2: game level of this is awesome, but
0: it's 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 kind of annoying actually because oh. you know, fire is never fun in video games. But sure. uh, um, I'm trying to think because I know Skyfall. I've heard plenty that Heineken's... no, no vodka on the, the Skyfall because it's Heineken. But I'm trying to I'm trying to remember if I remember hearing something similar about Quantum of Solace too. Like, okay, now
1: we're getting to the. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, now this guy just goes ape shit, and I, you know, yes, I don't buy it. It's one of the weak points well, of the film. There it is, He's there's slid. the
0: yelling, oh my god. He's it's
1: slid.
2: self-defense. He knows yeah. if he lo- stops, he dies.
1: He seems more like a weasel that would try to sneak out than, yeah, I guess. I'm gonna go after Bond.
0: It, and this is that kind of thing, too, where it's like, Bond's been kicking ass throughout this entire movie, and now, like, this, what, the four-foot-two guy comes <laughs> up, and, acts <runs laughs> like, suddenly, yeah. Matt Bond is no match for him. ah.
1: <laughs> Uh, See, well, this fight, you know, is what it is, but the the other one's what has the good payoff. The Camille versus General Well, that one, you know, it matters more. It's an emotional fight.
2: And I like that they don't chicken out. They actually let her kill him. They don't do the whole wah-wah, vengeance won't solve anything.
0: And not just kill him, but, like, he stabs him quite a bit before he actually dies. Yeah. Like, come on, What bon. Are you swinging and missing at this guy? Because <laughs> oh. only because he's too short, I have to imagine. But like,
2: <laughs> well, it's like when you I pick, don't know. Uh, I saw
0: that one. What was it
2: Oddjob and Goldeneye?
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, gold thing. Yeah.
2: No, no. I mean, when you pick the game Goldeneye, when you pick Oddjob, oh, anyway.
0: you pick Oddjob, which is a weird yeah. choice. It's like, hey, we have Necknack and we have Godjob. Let's mix them together. Yeah. Like, what, what's going on there? Which annoys me just because everyone now forgets that Oddjob is actually an physically imposing person because they think of the Goldeneye game.
2: Yes. Why is he not dropping him? Especially, you know, when, you know, he doesn't arrest him in the first place.
0: Why is he not dropping him? What does he have to give this character? Does he need to know more more about Quantum? Like, (laughs) is he going to talk right now? Uh, Why did he pick him up? Like, what, what was the reason for that?
2: This, you're right this probably would be a pain in the video game
0: yeah it's just because fire burns and you can't it's first person so you can't you have no perception about what's around you oh I found you thank god it's a big hotel it's probably take me a lot longer in a smoke infested room like this but I, I got you, here you are. we should probably get out of here
1: We are just going to burn the hell out of this place.
2: I was surprised that he died
1: here. I was not expecting that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is, where does the title come from? Do you know offhand? Quantum Solace? Yes. It's a short, short story title. The short story title?
1: Yeah, it came from the For Your Eyes Only collection of short stories.
0: Was So, For Your Eyes Only was an anthology series?
1: Uh, yeah, it, they had, he had a couple of short stories. The other one, uh, books. The other one was... Uh, Two of them, actually. The other one was called Octopussy and the Living Daylights. Hmm. Guess which movies got those titles? <laughs> um, but uh, well, that was just
2: lucky.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. He picks him up so he can we can see him suffer in the desert later on. Well, yeah,
2: but I mean. What's the point?
0: I know. Yeah, no, I'm not saying there's a point. I'm just saying no. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember what yeah. happens.
2: <laughs> if he thought there was a, you know, if he had a car and he thought maybe he could arrest him, I'd understand. Be one thing.
1: The that uh, amount of time. The the book Quantum of Solace, uh, Bond says that uh, it. He explains that it's the amount of comfort when the other person in a relationship not only makes you feel insecure but actually seems to want to destroy you. It's obviously the end. The Quantum of stands at zero. Fascinating. Yeah.
0: This is like a trailer image too, right? Bond with this like wrecked jacket and all dirty yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm ever enjoying that. Like I, I don't mind the idea of like.
2: Well, he does interrogate him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you Yeah. I don't mind the idea of Bond being dirtied up. I just wish he'd, you know, stop scowling so much. <laughs> I mean even Timothy Dalton in License to Kill a movie that is quite graphic and again I think after watching, I think even after watching Casino Royale and even this movie I still think License to Kill is pretty gory of the Bond movies I think it might be the goriest one but um, I mean that movie it does have a share of humor as well Like, as I said before a giant fish winks at Bond at the end of that movie
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible way to die by the way
0: yeah suck in the desert with a can of oil Jeez.
2: That's vicious. I'm not going to kill you,
0: but I don't have to save you.
2: <laughs> Actually, Bruce, that's kind of the same, and yeah. Then why'd you save the Joker, you idiot?
0: Hey, Bond, what happened to Dominique Green out there? It's me, figus Later. I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> number now, and give it to me.
1: <laughs> Felix, what can you tell me about the source code?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one must know about the source code. You have to be in and out in eight minutes, <sighs>
2: You guys okay there?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here we are. Bond does not hook up with no, Bond. He didn't. Girl. does, does, he does he sleep? Any... No. No. He sleeps with Strawberry Fields, right? Oh yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Four times, but. Uh, <laughs> I <don't know>. No, <laughs> you don't. You, know, you don't see the scene where Bond like slips his number into her back pocket as she gets out of the car. You don't see that part. Oh, no, I didn't see. It. You see that part? It's Blake if you miss it, just like the toupee. Is this still David Arnold doing the score for this movie, by the way? uh, I I don't know. It is, yeah. yes, it is. I got to see it now. Yeah, it is. They got a new person for Skyfall, right? Yeah, they got Thomas Newman, who's yes. Sam Sam Mendes' boy. Hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty quick, but he's, he completely slipped his number in there.
1: Well, and with Mark Forster's editing, they probably just had sex. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> had sex the car on the way over. That's what it is. <laughs> They're driving. It's like, this is a long drive of the desert. Want to get on me right now? There's no, no other cars here because we're all, you know, on sand. Thank you, title Card. Yeah, where are we? <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. Uh, it's just, you know, fancy fonts of things opposed to, like, the standard... T- I mean, yeah, I get it. They're diversifying, but still, it's like... Mm.
1: They're informative and pretty. <laughs> yeah.
0: This does... If you want to look at this as one big film, which I guess many people do, and it's a way to accept it, it does kind of make it circular, too, in terms of Bond starts in a dark room with a gun at a desk. Mm-hmm.
2: yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Except he doesn't, you know, brutally kill two people in the opening sequence, in the end sequence of this film, but instead spares the lives of two people
1: because <laughs> he's learned.
0: He's learned exactly. Like what- I like in Casino Royale, he's like, he's like, oh, that's learned. <laughs> he's like, he's like done, and then like things, even worse things happen <laughs> at the end of that movie.
2: No, I, I like the end of this film. It's an unusually, you know, it's unusual to have a Bond film that basically ends on, you know, with basically an emotional climax like this. You know, where it's not, you know, there is more after the, you know, villain's hideout blows up and the villain gets, you know, falls to his death or whatever. Um, I mean, with the exception of arguably Under Majesty's Secret Service and, and I don't know, maybe Casino Royale. I mean, I
1: think it easily it's, Under Majesty's Secret Service yeah. yeah. is a lot well, uh, Casino Royale has a, a brief, you know, declassifying yeah. moment with a little tag at the end.
0: Yeah. Well, believe Casino Royale, Casino Royale was like an extended kind of ending sequence and then you realize oh no there is more action to come like it yeah that movie's just it's it's the epic bond like <laughs> yes
2: well oh, it's, yeah. it's uh, with the exception of well, it's, no no it's about three minutes shorter than Skyfall uh, but of course the longest is still just because of you know Imagine Secret Service which back in those days where credits were you know two minutes long
0: yeah and but that movie does also have if you made that movie now there's a whole like middle of that movie that could be trimmed down considerably oh, yes. <laughs> yes yes yes
1: Oh, he shot him. <laughs> four, sure. See this this moment right here is where I, I just you know him and Em I found humorous. Just when she. Well, it's, a, it's a
2: reaffirmation of
1: their relationship. Yeah, yeah, and it's also a reaffirmation
0: of Bond is Bond now, just like we had at the end of, <laughs> of Casino Royale. So now that that little dalliance <laughs> for the past hour and forty five minutes is gone. <laughs>
1: Mm-mm. A very Bond Christmas. <laughs>
2: well, as we all know, Christmas only comes once a year.
1: Oh. Which I was given hell for for her not making the top five of a worst list.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Troll she's, World. She's just not yep.
1: she's not in it enough for the I didn't, yeah. they, but... I got I got attacked as if I put her in the best list.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's how it is sometimes. I mean, it's it's. You know, it's you know a B plus is a pan, and you know, <laughs> it's yeah. it, it was it was
1: yeah. a nice, funny. I, I got a little snarky, but I backed up my argument.
2: Yeah, I mean, depending on the film, you know, a B plus is a pan, a C plus is a rave. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: and this is the end
1: of the film. Yep, and we we'll get our gun barrel sequence. James Bond will return.
0: In Skyfall. Let's see how he shoots the shot here. Oh, yep, standard shot. No, no taking the knee, Lazaby style. <laughs> you
2: should, you know. Well, I will say this Skyfall is better than this.
0: Okay. Thank
2: you. <laughs> if that needs to be said. Um No, I, I, I still like this film. I understand you know, I do understand most of your complaints. And I can't entirely disagree with them. But for me, again, you know, there are so many James Bond films, some of which are you know, do vary the formula a little bit, that I kinda like that one of them is a little bit is like this. And I like the you know, obviously I think it's a decent film. You obviously do not, which you know, it doesn't matter what why it
1: is what it is. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I I think while they're not there's not a lot of them and there's not very long. I do like a lot of the personal moments in this film, and a lot of the personal scenes that we get. I think those are well-directed, well-acted, and they work for me. And some of the action sequences uh, bring some intensity that I like that, you know, yeah. while they may not be elaborate, you know, well-thought-out action sequences, that they can bring some intensity. I do like the car chase at the beginning. Um, uh, there's, I mean, some of the fights. There's some cool stuff. My thing is... I'm looking at some beautiful shots. I'd like them to linger on them some more. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I enjoy this as just, you know, a nice little action film. I don't think it's the best. I don't think it's the worst. I, I feel it's kind of on the better side of the middle.
0: Yeah, and I put it, again, I, again I've said this many, I don't hate this movie. I think it's watchable. <laughs> and I, I I would put it probably right smack in the middle. But it's just like, I mean, when bomb movies come out, the good I mean, especially the good ones, but they're movies that kind of represent the best of like an, an adventure movie of that year when they come out. They're, Bond movies are an event. Like people, I mean, yes. we, we've literally watched, I've watched, Brandon, you've watched 22 movies in preparation for the next Bond movie. Like, yeah. if, it's like something significant that's coming along that only happens every couple of years. And Quantum of Solace given when it came out and given what it's coming after and given the capabilities of these kind of movies nowadays, like it didn't feel like the event of that year for me. I had other movies that year that were just fantastic. I mean, I had what, what's that's 2008. I had my <laughs> dark Knight. I had, I mean, there's a lot of good movies.
2: That year.
3: Yeah. I
0: had my, yeah. So, I mean, I, I had my movies that fulfilled what I would expect from a bond movie that year already. And this movie didn't match up to that, nor did it match up to the movie that preceded it, nor did it match up in my eyes to what I want in a bond movie.
1: Fair enough. I mean, everybody has completely differences, complete differences in what they want in a Bond movie. For someone like me, I'll say, you know, I enjoy Live and Let Die, where I'll see someone say it's one of the worst movies in the series. I don't see it, but I'm looking for different things in the Bond movies. When I was, you know, ranking these and going through them, a big part of it was, was I entertained? Was I, you know, how was I when I was watching this? And, you know, this one was high up there. I mean, I was entertained. It's not a long movie um i follow it well i i enjoyed myself i didn't feel like i was doing a chore by yeah, you know for, checking yeah. it out so a lot of my mine came from you know when i was watching it now my entertainment factor
0: and yeah i mean that is true like everyone does have their favorite Bond movies for sure i mean,
1: e- I mean we all oogled over moonraker but there's a good show of hands they're going to call us morons
0: yeah but i and i also argue that people that Say that about Moonraker. Either haven't seen Moonraker, or haven't seen all the Bond movies, but yeah. it's. I mean, like you, you guys are l- much less fans of Gold of Goldfinger than I am, and I Goldfinger is my favorite Bond movie. While you guys, well, Scott, you kind of, kind of hate it, <laughs> and Brandon, you rated yeah. pretty low, and Brandon, you rated Doctor No pretty low, if anything. I and, did,
1: I did rate Doctor an No
0: pretty a, low, and there's a lot of people that that think Doctor No is just the pinnacle of a Bond movie for reasons I, that I, are acceptable, but.
1: And, I can get away with ranking a view to a kill over Doctor No, but good God, if Christmas Jones doesn't show up in the top five, <laughs> <box. laughs> I couldn't believe. I like, yeah, I had a view to a kill over Doctor No, skate scot free. I had Goldfinger low, scot free, but you know,
2: oh Christmas Jones,
1: especially oh. like what movies did like? Cause you had what Rosie Carver and uh, yeah,
0: nobody uh, remember. Jinx. Only you
1: and I, Aaron, remember that Rosie Carver was horrid. Yeah. I had Jinx in there, like, and I even wrote that I prefer. Christmas Jones over Jinx. I would rather her just be a terrible bit player in a movie than someone trying to upstage everyone with their scenes and being horribly inconsistent with what they want with the character. I would much trying to steal thunder and draw attention to themselves. I Denise Richards is horrible, but she's just playing her part for the best for (laughs) Denise Richards ability and not trying to take over the movie. She's not in
0: that movie that much. Like that's like,
1: no, no, neither is Rosie Carver, but man, it's a. Yeah, rough she makes an impact. Minutes yeah. so she gets it. Um, good night's terrible, also. also. <laughs> good night. Yeah, I mean, when did Christmas Jones shake her butt and accidentally set off to self destruct? <laughs> Billionth <But, laughs> scene. Yeah, it, uh, there's. go. You know, People need to go through and just. I mean, she, Denise Richards is more recent. I, I get that, but there are some terrible ones. And there's a lot of girls that, Bond girls, that make no sense in the sense of the plot it either christmas jones actually i mean on paper she makes you know her character's details make a little more sense as to what she can do but there's some like honey rider that make no sense as to what they're just there to be rescued
0: and um speaking of being rescued I'm gonna rescue us from the end of this podcast episode thank you anybody that's <laughs> listened to all of our quantum Solace commentary all of it including all the wild tangents but um yeah we I I know I really enjoyed being doing these for the past few weeks with Goldeneye and the other ones as well like there it's it's really fun to dig into Bond movies and I hope anyone that's listened to all these commentaries enjoys it and I hope anyone that's stuck around this long is excited for Skyfall because i because I initially wanted Brandon to be a part of the Skyfall episode, and I figured why not, dude, since we had some time before that was happening, why not have him jump into our out now podcast world by doing some Bond commentaries? And of course, Scott's a friend of the show. He's been doing this for a while. So it's, it's been nice to have you along with us for four of these commentaries, and I'm looking forward to next week when we finally talk about the newest Bond film.
2: So, uh, I, no, I look forward to it. I think you guys are oh, both yeah. going to like it.
0: Yeah. Very excited. So with that said, that's gonna do it for this special bonus episode about Nalf Aaron and Abe You can of course find all of my work at my personal blog, the com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at com for more reviews and blue air reviews. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Scott.
2: Mendelssohn's Memos.
1: Uh, Scott
2: Allen mendelson at blogspot.com.
1: And Brandon. At BT Peters and also Mendelssohn's Memos. I look forward to whatever series you
0: choose as your next extensive retrospective article look at, so we'll see. But um, yeah, you can find all the other episodes, the regular episodes of Out Now, Farron and Abe. Out Now is a weekly movie review (laughs) podcast, but uh, yeah, at iTunes, also at hhwlod.com. You can email us at outnowpodcast.com, yeah, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. You can, you know, more thoughts on Quantum of Solace or any of the Bond movies in general or what you're... Things about Bond. Any questions you have, you know, feel free to email about that. Facebook.com slash out now podcast and twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast. Follow and like those pages. You can find all our episodes and updates and pictures and what have you there. And yeah, until next time, James Bond will return with Skyfall with us reviewing it th- that weekend. And that's gonna do it so so long and good night.